In this episode, we are joined by my brother Dave, and we are counting down our Fab 15 cover songs. So sit back, relax, grab something you enjoy, preferably a beverage of some kind, but whatever is your thing, I'm not here to judge, and enjoy the episode. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek coming to you from a windy part of St. Louis here today. It's uh, We're getting some some weather uh, is, is moving in or moving out, one of the two. It's hard to say. I have no idea why I am compelled to tell you about the weather every time I start the show. That's a weird habit that I have. Hope everybody out there is doing okay. Hope all the checkmates are doing good. We are joined today by my brother Dave. Say hi. Hi. Told you, he's in the room. Here I am. There he is. Uh, Dave, by the way, uh, I mean to every episode that we do, I mean to mention that Dave has a blog that he writes on, and I always forget. He uh, writes a blog every Monday. He is currently looking up the address because he doesn't know it I either. I never remember it. <laughs> I always, anytime I tell somebody about it, I always get it backwards. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. It's some weird thing that I have that I can't... Stuff. I understand that. All, all my addresses are pretty simple, uh, but uh, it, the blog is Mondaves. Yeah, if you search Mondaves, it'll come up. Yeah, M-O-N-D-A-V-E-S. Yes, because it's a joke. It's a play on his name. It and is. the word Monday. And the word Monday, because they do it on Mondays. Yeah. Uh, but it's davidbrink.home.blog. There you go. I always want to switch the blog yeah. and the home thing, but .home.blog. Yeah, it used to be the blogger people and... I switched yeah, so. off of that. Oh, you switched? I thought that they I sw- just... No, I switched formats. Okay. Um, and I don't remember what my decision was for that mm-hmm. or why that came into my head, but this is so much worse and so much harder. Oh, wow. But... <laughs> so not sponsored by Home.blog. <laughs> no, and it's... Well, Home.blog isn't the name. I'm not going to tell you the name of it, but... Um, or the name of the host, because I just dissed him, but... Sure. Um, yeah, but it's uh, home.davidbrink.home.blog. So there you go. if you want to check out my ridiculousness on Mondays, you can certainly do that yeah he writes a, on a variety of subjects you know just sort of a, a little bit like this show sort of just whatever you're yeah there's about at no the time. set theme unless i'm on a three-parter tear yeah it's like you did a whole do, christmas but... thing last yeah month and, sometimes i'll do yeah. stuff like that but uh, regularly review the uh, marvel movies as they come i out. do that as yeah, the marvel with... movies come to theaters mm-hmm. uh usually take a kid and we go and Watch it, and usually it's uh, oldest daughter Tessa. But sometimes yeah, I was gonna say we should specify. Usually take one of your kids, not just any yeah. Kid. I just find yeah. No, um, <laughs> one of my kids. Usually my older daughter Tessa. She's uh, really into the Marvels as much as I am. I think so. Sure. Uh, she and I go and watch those, and we do a little silly review of it. Uh, spoiler free. We try to keep it spoiler free, and uh, just kind of play off one another, like you and I are doing here. It's yes. Just that, um, just written. Is it, yeah, we talk and then we write down as we're talking and edit it. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I'll talk about other things. Just whatever's on my mind. Try not to get too serious about it. I try to keep it light. Yeah. Keep it fun yeah. for everybody. So, uh, yeah, if you want to check that out, I'd be happy to uh, have people t- put new eyes on it. So, thank you. Yeah, go over there and check it out. It's a, it's always a fun read. 
Uh, while we're on websites, there are some associated with the show. Let's just get that out of the way. If you like the show, there's a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on all of the big player podcasting apps, including the one you're listening to it on now. If it's not on your app of choice, please let me know, and it's probable that it was there and somebody changed a rule and I didn't know. I'll fix it. Just let me know. If you want to know more about me, and who wouldn't, go on over to DerekBrink.com. Plenty to look at there, including mostly just stuff about my music career. And speaking of my music career, if you like the songs that you hear throughout the show, including the title track, which is called Bite the Habanero, it's all available for absolutely free over at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and you can have it. I don't collect your email address. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. And if you want to uh, email me, if you want to talk to me about what you hear on the show, or suggest stuff, or uh, complain, or if you just uh, need a friend to talk to, uh, db at derekbrink.com. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm pretty full up on friends, though. Uh, so maybe, maybe not that, but all the other stuff. If you want to talk about pop culture and stuff like that, db at derekbrink.com. And I'll be glad to, I, I reply to everybody who isn't mean in their email, basically. So we're going to do the Fab 15 here today. That's the reason you're here. Um, right. And the uh, Fab 15 this week is a subject that you suggested, the Fab 15 yeah. cover songs, yeah, which I'm the... keeping it simple and just saying cover songs, but there's a little bit, there's some qualifications yeah, there. Yeah, so when, you go ahead. when we decided to do cover songs, I thought the best way into a cover song list would be to do ones that have been hits. Because uh, there's a lot of covers of a lot of songs out there, and that's kind of endless. But I thought maybe the best way to do it, and we can do it again with a different different parameters. Sure. But um, thought let's do songs that uh, cover songs that were hits that either uh, exceeded or rivaled the original. So some of them are songs that were hits, and the original never was a hit, but it became a hit later on, and only diehards knew it. Or, hey, this was a hit, and then 20, 30 years later, somebody else had a hit with it, and, yeah. you know, maybe it's better, maybe it's not. It's not necessarily judging whether it's better or not, but more as hit songs. Um, cover songs that everybody can get into, and songs that a lot of people, oh, I didn't know that was a cover song. That yeah. happens a lot, um, and that used to annoy me. I've gotten much better, I don't know, for the years. Yeah. It used to be, I couldn't stand cover songs. People do covers, and I'd be mad about it, because, you know, write your own thing, and I was just, mm. you know... Uh, pretentious and full of myself and just a little jackass running around, but... I go back um, and forth on it. I mean, you know, it depends on the nature of it. Like, every now and again well, when somebody releases a covers album, I go, oh, I guess they're out of ideas. You know, but... No, yeah, yes and no, but sometimes you can tell that they don't want... Sometimes you tell they're kind of forced. A lot of times your yeah. record label, in as much as they still exist, yeah. uh, <laughs> will force someone into doing it. Yeah. Or you can tell somebody needs padding for a record and there's like, oh, we wanted to put... 13 songs in this thing and we only wrote nine so yeah, you know yeah. and there's all these covers like one is okay but how many do you need you know so yeah. um you know i go back and forth with it too but i used to just really hate and i would be angry that people didn't know they were cover songs and you know, yeah yeah that's me being you know a kid and just you know get over it but, sure um so I, there's I, a lot of really good songs that you know the covers are 
sometimes the cover is the one you think of. You don't you yeah. know, really think. So yeah. I thought that'd be a fun one. We could always do one later on about these are cool covers you should check out. But yeah, yeah. I thought this would be kind of a fun one that everybody can kind of get into. Yeah, yeah. So there, we're, we're mainly doing songs you have a pretty good chance of knowing. Right. Uh, no no obscure bands doing other obscure bands and that kind of stuff. Right, but exactly. That, that might have made my list, you know, <laughs> if we, if well, we had yeah, no Well, yeah, I mean, we, all, we would have, I would have those too. Um, and there's even some cover songs on my list that I don't particularly like that version, but it's sure. kind of become the one that most people know, or you know, maybe not the definitive necessarily, but you know, the first one a lot of people think of. So that yeah. happens too. Yeah, and sometimes that's even just a generational thing. Like you know, you, sure, you heard this band's version because you were the age you were. You know, and yeah, exactly. You but know. I actually get kind of excited when uh, somebody doesn't know that a song is a cover song, and I do know, and I'm like, oh, you got to hear the original, and also all these other seven albums this guy did. Yeah, yeah. I do that now. <laughs> yeah, but back in the day, I did not. I yeah. was upset. So now I'm like, oh yeah, here you go. Um, I mean, yeah. and I, I think I think the last time I yelled at someone, a stranger, for not knowing it was a cover song, was probably in the early two thousands. I think okay. so, um, in a restaurant. But anyway, mm. um, yeah. So <laughs> we'll do this. There's a story, but I don't want to tell it. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say <laughs> I, you're either not telling that story because you don't want to, or it's because it's gonna come up on your list. <laughs> no, it's not coming up on the list. It's just it's. Uh, I know I try to uh, keep my end of things relatively curse-free I see. so mm-hmm. um and that story just is not and I it understand. wouldn't work if i didn't throw it in so um that's just a, it is a thing i'm trying to do just for myself not no that's fine for your show or anything like that it's just I, i'm trying to cut it down a little bit in public so that's fine you know, that's there a, you go you're welcome to curse as much or as little as you fucking want to sure uh, but if I was drinking anything other than water, it might be a different story. It yeah. might be. I'm on my uh, signature Kettle One vodka. Personally, there you go. But because uh, I've got a headache, so I decided that was the way to treat the headache. Sure. Uh, I've I've been looking forward to doing this actually. When you initially proposed this to me, because of the criteria involved, mm-hmm. my my immediate reaction was I I, I don't know if I have fifteen. You know, right. and I that I just kind of said to you, look, I'll get back to you tomorrow because you presented to me. I was at your house and you presented the idea to me, and I said, let me think about it. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Right. And then, like later that day, or like actually later that night, I sat down like at home and started jotting down songs. And like the next day, just like, all right, yeah, I got fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got like forty-two. <laughs> you know, there's a lot. I tried to keep it to very obvious, maybe not obvious, but. Fairly obvious, fairly yeah, I kinda did big too. hits. So I've only got a few honorable mentions. That's just because yeah. they were on my list and I thought of different ones. I was like, oh, let's put that in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I actually stopped myself and I didn't let myself get too crazy with it. I only got to. Yeah, I, I tried to yeah, rein it in too. 16 or 17 of them. And I was like, okay, yo, I'm good. I don't want to do more and have to do a whole lot of work on a cover songs list. You yeah, and no, I understand that. So I, uh, I did impose a few criteria on myself. Like, I, I, well, just in that. Uh, I, 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 this name's probably going to come up anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. you could do an entire list of just great songs that Johnny Cash covered. Sure. You know, so there, and there's other artists like that. Everybody in the world has done a Dylan song, you know? So right. I, I tried, I limited myself on how many songs by one artist, you know? Uh, that's fair. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I not that I, I, yeah, I may or may not have a couple of repeats, but I, I limited myself in how many by one artist. I, uh, I also just, 
like I had a couple of drafts and that I kind of went, well, people know who this is. Not a household name necessarily. You know, and I kind of went, eh, no, household names. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, household names are household versions. You know, it's kind of why I tried to limit Yeah, this. I've only got there, like, maybe one maybe, or two that aren't. I was going to say, there's maybe an exception or two that I've got here, but I mean, most of what's on my list, if you're a music person, you're going to know it. Right. Uh, and so I, 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 pose, I put some restrictions on myself in that way as well. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, and I, I, there are a couple things that aren't on my list that are in my honorable mentions that really, based on everything I just said, should be on my list, but <laughs> I just don't like that version, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a few so, of them here that I don't really like that version. I'd yeah. rather hear the original. Well, but I'm, I'm kind of relieved to hear you icon- say that. They're iconic in one yeah. way or another. Yeah, I'm relieved to hear you say that because I'm hoping you'll cover some of what I intentionally left off. Uh, <laughs> Very possible, actually. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I also want to see if there's anything we come up with a, that either one of us didn't know was a cover. That would yeah, be, that'd be interesting. Interesting. I don't yeah. know if that'll happen, but I don't know if fun. that's possible, but that's, that's going to be, yeah, interesting. you never know. Uh, I do have one on my list that might be cheating, but we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. I'm looking forward to saying a few things myself. So, yeah, all right. uh, I think everybody knows the rules and, but just briefly, we both go away, we write our own list, we do not consult each other on the list. The first time we're hearing each other's list is right now. We go from 15 to 1, telling each other what our, uh, I, I mean, it's not fair to say least favorite, but what our number 15 is, which is the bottom of the list up to what our number 1 is on the list. We go in that order. Right. And uh, at the end, we figure out what we have in common. We figure out uh, what you know, makes up our final 15 list and we kind of make some compromises and we come up with what's our number one, but we don't necessarily rank everything else. Yeah, because it's kind of arbitrary at that point. And hard. And hard. And, you know... (laughs) We're both very lazy. (laughs) Well, we don't have, like, days to do... We did this in one shot, this is live, you know, and then you just edit it down and go. It's not like we spend a week... You know, putting things together, we're just here for a couple hours and we do it. Right. Um, so but like, like the the Fab Fifteen makes me want to hire a producer for the show. But <laughs> it, yeah, kind of. Uh, uh, but yeah, that. the editing process is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're we're gonna get into the list here, uh, and we'll uh, 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 get start into the list. Yeah, we'll we'll start. <laughs> Traditionally, and by traditionally, I mean, you know, four or five times, I guess. Whatever it's been, uh, However yeah. many times we've done it, we've started with uh, you. So uh, do you want to start with your number 15? Uh, sure. If you want to continue with tradition, I'll do that. Okay. Okay, so my number 15 is probably the only one that is questionable on my list, I think. Uh, but it is the cover of an old Stone song by Devo, which is I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Okay. And the reason I put that song on is because it actually kind of broke Devo. Um, I mean, well, Whip It was our biggest song. It kind of broke them to a larger audience. They were, you know, in Ohio doing um, artsy films and silly, not silly song, but different oddball songs. But uh, that video that they did for that wound up on MTV and got a lot of play because MTV had nothing back then so they played whatever they gave them. Sure. So that got a lot of it uh, and when they did it on Saturday Night Live you know they found that the Night Owls were their audience right? So yeah. um, it kind of made Devo from this little tiny thing that almost nobody knew about into a big thing that nobody understood. Hmm. But um, I kind of like the song obviously the Stones is the that's the version right yeah. but 
Um, the Devo version is different and weird and, uh, you know, I like Devo. I kind of dig it. So mm. that's my number 15 because that's the one that I think a lot of people would go, huh? So. Yeah, I kind of forgot that that happened. And yeah. even, like, as you were saying it, I I kind of went, I, I, I think I thought that was the Talking Heads. <laughs> well, maybe they did a version I don't know about. I don't know, but well, it no, probably I don't, was the right... I, yeah, I don't think they did. I think I'm mm-hmm. thinking of the Devo version. Talk, yeah. Talking Heads did other songs. But... Sure. Yeah, so that's really why I put it on there, if nothing else, just to give Devo some love. Sure. You know, but nothing this was wrong the 80s. That. This is, I should have mentioned this earlier, this is the 80s, so... Uh, when cover songs, I think up until, gosh, I mean, I, I, here now lately, the last 10, 20 years, I haven't been very many straight covers in popular music because everybody samples everything. Probably true, yeah. Everybody samples stuff and just makes new songs out of it, which is, you know, it, it is what it is. But um, I think the golden age of the cover songs ended, I think, in the 90s for the most part. That's probably, so, probably about um, right. Yeah. So a lot of my list is going to be 80s, 90s stuff. Um, yeah, mine too. A, f- a few things before that, but as you kind of alluded to uh, in the early days of pop music and um, up through probably the 60s, almost everybody covered everything because yeah. they were required to. Oh, yeah, that, uh, that's actually something I should have mentioned is one of the qualifications for my list is I just went, all right, and no Elvis. Everything Elvis did, he didn't write, <laughs> you know? Not entirely true. Well, no, I know, but... But, yeah, but that's... Uh, everything you know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have that uh, same restriction, but there's the reasons, so... Yeah, no, that's fine. Anyway, I just, um, uh, that's a qualification I put on myself. Right. But, so anyway, uh, Devo can't get no satisfaction uh, if you haven't heard it. Uh, look it up. It's weird. It's goofy. Um, That's Devo. It's Devo. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if you don't know Devo, then uh, you need to really get on the ball with that because we're all Devo. Ooh. Anyway, yeah. that's my number 15. Very good. Next. That's, uh, yeah, that was <laughs> definitely not on my list and kind of a curveball for me immediately. Uh, my number 15 is a song that uh, started with Simon and Garfunkel, but in the 80s we had a nice resurgence of it with the Bengals, Hazy Shade of Winter. Oh, good one. Yeah, not I on wish your I'd list. have thought oh, of that. I, I, I was, I was I sure that was going to be a match. I am actually kind of shocked I didn't think of that. I, yeah, I was sure that was going to oh, be a, I love a, the Bengals, a match. too. I know. <laughs> That's part of why I'm so surprised. Oh, man. Uh, See, this Hazy... is what's going to happen. You're going to have all these great things. I'm going to be all this <laughs> stuff that everybody, you know, anybody could have thought of. I really thought anybody... I, I was sure you were going to think of that. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, Hazy Shade of Winter, a great, I mean, great song. Whenever I hear it, I like whatever version I'm hearing, uh, and, and sure. as much as what I've heard. Uh, I mean, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, the classic folk duo, everybody knows who Simon and Garfunkel is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time, all that, you know. Uh, so their version, the original version, I guess I should say, clearly a folk song, you know, and obviously a folk song, and very kind of emotionally and very kind of uh uh stoically and nobly a folk song and very contemplative in that way and inward looking and you know there's there's a lot of depth to it and the bengals said we like that we like all that and we want to retain as much of that as we can but let's make it a rock song and have a lot of fun yeah and they made it an awesome rock song it's a lot of fun really rocked it yeah um you know people Who'd heard that? Who'd never heard the original? Because yeah. they were just too young. Or like, but who was, I'm sure that was the first version I heard. And be like, what is this? You yeah. Know? So yeah, I'm sure that's the first version I heard was the yeah. Bengals because I was born in 1980. Yeah. And you know what did I know from Simon and Garfunkel? 
uh, until later, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm, that, that was all over MTV and mm-hmm. all over radio. And uh, yeah, just that's uh, that's one of the first songs I jotted down. Dang, I can't and believe it's, I uh, forgot it. Yeah, I, I can't ah, either. I, I'm like, mad at myself now. I, I'm mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I was sure. I was sure we were going to match on that. But yeah, Hazy Shade of Winter is my number 15. I don't have a lot else to say about it. It's, no, I don't yeah, know that we're going to have a lot to say about yeah, a lot yeah. of these songs. It, I mean, Let's it's a great Simon it. and Garfunkel song, but sure. the, the Bengals version is a banger. Yeah. And yeah, like that's a Bengals banger, huh? It's, yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, it's, it worked. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, that's that's all I got to say, man. That's just a great version of an already great song. All right, cool. So I think we're ready for your 14. This is going to this is going at a good clip. Let's keep that going. Yeah. Let's see <laughs> what happens. Give me less editing to do. We're only 20 minutes in. Let's come on. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So number 14, um kind of an obvious one in my view. Uh, but it's a uh, cover of a Isley Brothers song, which may have actually been a cover in and of itself. But the one that most people go to is the Beatles for Twist and Shot. Okay, that's on my list. Very good. Uh, not originally Isley Brothers. No, it's not, I don't think it is, but I can't remember who the original was. Uh, top Notes. Top Notes, yes. Because I'm, I'm going, I know it's not, you know, I'm going trying to go through. And I did not Google it because the Isley Brothers is the other people that had the hit with it. Yeah. Um, but the Beatles had a bigger hit with it, yeah. and everyone just thinks of their versions. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, that's a Beatles song to me. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. there's nothing else needs to be said. Everybody knows the song. No, everybody yeah. Everybody loves it. It's, and, and, every, and every band has played it at some point. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those songs. Yeah, that, if you're you know, in a cover band, you kind of have to play that, and you're playing bars, you got to play it at least once. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure when I was a kid, I thought it was called Shake It Up Baby, you know? Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Beatles is... I mean, at least to us, it's the definitive version, but whatever version sure. you like is fine. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not mad at you. Yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> judging anybody for liking the original or the cover better. I wouldn't judge anybody for any of that, at, not at this point, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, so Twist and Shot, my number 14. Okay, very right, good. Let's continue. I got nothing to add. I mean, it's obviously higher on my list. That's something sure. I want to stop saying. Because uh, when one of us says something and the other one says, yeah, that's higher on my list. Well, of course it was. It wasn't lower, well, you know, yeah. unless it's an exact match, yeah, you know. So just, yeah, I mean, that, that just seems obvious. So oh, okay. I mean, yeah, it's, well. it's fine if we keep saying it, but I'm trying to phase it out for me. And yet I just said it. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's Twist a and process. Shout. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> As is everything. Uh, Twist and Shout, definitely on my list. And I mean, it deserves to be on, on this kind of a list. But yeah, good choice, good call. Absolutely agree with you. Uh, number 14 on my list uh, has ended up being upsettingly timely here today. Uh, the song was written by Joni Mitchell, was covered by Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young Woodstock. Is okay, on my good list. One. Uh, timely checkmates. I wasn't going to talk about it, but now I got to talk about it. You came up. Uh, we're recording this on the day that David Crosby died. Yes, which we were obviously not aware of until just a little while before we yeah. got together to do this. Dave walked in the door to record the episode, and the first words out of my mouth was, "Hey, David Crosby died," and he was like, "Yeah, no." And yeah, and uh, that's a big deal for me. Uh, just very quickly, and I'm sorry. We'll get back to the list, and we'll have fun. I promise. I promise. I promise. Uh, David Crosby. Huge, huge fucking influence on me as a songwriter, as a lyricist. Uh, every harmony that I write as a writer, I've got CSNY and I've got the birds in mind and I've got David Crosby in mind. And uh, uh, I interacted with David Crosby a number of times on Twitter and he was always gentlemanly and kind to me, which is not always how David Crosby is. 
was. Uh, I, I thought a lot of David Crosby. I own a 12-string guitar because of the birds and wanting to have the birds sound. And uh, I sometimes nickname my guitars. I nicknamed that one Cros immediately upon buying it. And uh, I, I thought a lot of David Crosby, and I'm going to miss him a lot. His, his 2021 release for free has been in constant rotation for me, and I recommend it for you as well. Uh, sorry about that. Had to get that out. We'll return to the list now, and we're at my number 14 on the list, which is the song Woodstock, which was originally written by Joni Mitchell, but maybe made famous by Crosby, Stills, oh, Nash, yeah, and Young. Uh, they, of course, infamously played it at Woodstock. And, right. <laughs> you know... Um, Did they? Well, I'm sorry. I, I Woodstock 2. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't have played it at Woodstock. It was... Okay, yeah, yeah, immediate um, misstep in how I was... Thank you for catching that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Would have been embarrassed had that gone out without being corrected. <laughs> they infamously played it at Woodstock 2. Yeah, they did do uh, that. I, I remember watching that, because you got the pay-per-view of that. I did. It was a multi-day pay-per-view, Back and it was just on all the time. And, yeah. There still is. It just doesn't, yeah, you no, know... just nobody cares. Yeah, and nobody, <laughs> yeah, nobody does it. Uh, but uh, the people who do it are the people who don't know how to get around it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, yeah, they... I remember watching Woodstock 2 and there being, I think they did it as an encore because it was one of those weird things where like watching that live in between bands and like even during an encore, there would be people come on and like doing commentary like it was a sport. And I remember whoever was doing the commentary at that point just kind of said, okay, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, we're waiting for the encore. You've got to wonder, are they going to do Woodstock? <laughs> like, I remember them talking about it, and they came out and did fucking Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird, the pay-per-views of these uh, big concerts, and I think Farm Aid still does something similar. Yeah, they, yeah um, that's true. They have, the, you know, they have these people talking and narrating it's like we've i mean i guess you got to fill time right sure. in between sets but it was it was always very but that was in the days when mtv was still a thing we had vjs and everybody yeah. knew who and i have no idea who did woodstock but um no not a yeah. clue but anyway yeah so back to the thing yeah great song um made you're right made famous by um them yeah and, but joni's uh, version's great too yeah i mean people uh, joni mitchell i don't think it's the respect she deserves in our modern Modern, well, the Blue uh, Album does. True. I mean, true. that's 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 an all-timer. Yeah, but I just think a lot of people are just fairly unaware of her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of a shame that should be fixed. But yeah, I agree. anyway, yeah, Woodstock, a great song. I've always loved that song, too. And, uh, you know, while uh, Crosby didn't mean as much to me as he does to you, sure. I am, uh, you know, I've always liked him. And you know, even when he was... Uh, he was a character, let's put it that way. He was not always <laughs> yeah. the nicest guy to get along with, but yeah. you know, who who don't who doesn't have their moments, you right. know? Uh but yeah, as a uh songwriter, singer, uh harmony great. I'm more of a birds guy, I think, than sure. I am C S and Y. Sure. But uh, you know, always you know, I got nothing but good things to say. So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, great song, good choice. Yeah. So uh we're with that we're on to your number thirteen. Okay. And uh in a bit of a change, I'm going away from the rock genre. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which I'm gonna do a few times here. But this is one um that a lot of people it's was kind of a more I think more modern song than I think people realized when the cover happened. But uh, not too long ago the Fuji's did their version of Killing Me Softly. Good choice. Uh, did, didn't uh, make my list, but a good choice. Yeah, the old Roberta Flack song. And, yeah. And, um, you know, that's one of those where... That's one where people aren't going to know it's a cover. Yeah. yeah. People don't always know it's a cover, and it's which is weird, because it, I don't think the Roberta Flack version is that old. 
No, not I, I'm not not but terribly. I, don't I think. guess depends on. But I'm getting old myself, so everything kind of runs together. Yeah, now. I guess it depends on what you consider old. <laughs> depends on um, the the Fuji's version is old. <laughs> yeah, Fuji version is old too. You're right, but uh, you know a lot of people know that one, um, and they do a real good version of it. So yeah, um, you know I really like it. So that is um, on my list at number thirteen, and one that I consider putting higher, but. Um, I kept rearranging, kept putting more things higher. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. And it's kind of where it fell. Yeah. There's no real reason for it to be 13 other than that's just kind of how it all wound up. Yeah. But Yeah, um, there's no reason that didn't make my list other than I, I it just didn't. I mean, like, that's yeah, not exactly. one of them that didn't make the list because I don't like that version. That's a very good version. It is. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a Fuji's guy, but that's a very good version. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was under consideration and uh, just didn't quite make my list. But that's, that's well, an that's excellent choice. that's what I choice. like about it when we do these ones that are not necessarily one band. Yeah. We can throw in all kinds of goofy stuff because, like, hey, I like this song and I like a few songs, but I don't know anything about them, but I like this, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah but that's, you know, like I said, it's, it was all over the radio when it was when it came out. Yeah. It was just huge. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert, my number one is uh, the bad news version of Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, <laughs> me too. No, wow. Uh, no, "Killing Me Softly" is an excellent choice. That's a that's a good one. I'm glad it's it's on somebody's list, even though it's not on mine. Um, at my number thirteen is actually also kind of stepping away from the rock genre. Uh, I, maybe not quite as far away, but definitely stepping away. Uh, originally written by Prince, and if you didn't, it was a blink and you miss it for Prince. But made famous by Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you. I thought about that. Didn't put it on. Okay. Uh, I, again, one of those songs that for Prince was an album track that was, you know, nobody thought twice about, uh, and it just kind of flew under the radar. And Sinead O'Connor recorded it and recorded a very compelling music video uh, uh, for it with just a still of her face. And she ends up crying singing it, and it, it, it's very impactful in that way. Uh, you know, Sinead O'Connor covers it, and the entire world goes, "Wow, that's a great Sinead O'Connor song." Right. And you know, for a while, she was you know the biggest thing in the world until the SNL incident. And uh, but just one of those songs that worms its way into your heart, worms its way into your brain, and you kind of like you know. You hear that, if you're someone my age or a little older, a little younger, you hear that song and it just takes you back to a time and a place and you go, wow, that's, that's, I, I, I remember how I felt, you know, yeah. <laughs> with when that song played at whatever dance or whatever party or whatever, you know, thing, or just sitting around in my house and that came on the radio and I was like, yeah, I get it, you know, <laughs> like it's just one of those songs and... I, I I love Prince. I I adore his royal his royal badness. Everybody knows this about me. I prefer the Sinead O'Connor version on that one, man. Uh, I just she did a great version of that. She did a great take. She and did. you know, I just it it belonged on my list. It specifically belonged on my list as much as I love Prince. Right. And uh, uh, just it just made sense to me. So that's my number thirteen. Nothing compares to you, Sinead O'Connor, yeah. Prince. What have you? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So that brings us to number 12 for you, sir. Okay, my number 12 is one that a lot of people, I think, don't know it's a cover. Um, it was originally done by The Strange Loves, and it's I Want Candy by Bow Wow Wow. I didn't know that was a cover. Well, there you go. Okay. So originally, uh, they I mean, they gender-swapped the things. So it was uh, I Got a Girl Who's Nice and Sweet came to I Know a Boy Who's Nice and Sweet because sure. of the female singer. But 
uh, yeah, uh, I Want Candy is a cover. Wow. So, um, and the Bow Wow Wow version is the one that everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's the one it's, I know. And, and it's it's a really fun song. It's a real cool song. Um, I don't know how you can not like it. Even if you're not a big fan of it, you can't yeah. not like it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those songs that comes on and you're... You just walk around for like a week singing, singing, I want candy. Yeah. Got that Bo Diddley beat in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My preferred version is uh, the version from the Simpsons Smile Time Variety Hour. Uh, that's a deep cut reference to the Simpsons. Yeah, it's <laughs> in the back of my head somewhere. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. Uh, sorry Excuse to me. do that to you. I knew you would either be, I knew that you would either get a laugh or your face would go scrunchy and it went scrunchy. My face went scrunchy and it made me <laughs> cough somehow. Yeah, that, that's, uh, <laughs> pardon me, I'm sorry. First time I've choked someone with a, with a choice on the list, I think. Uh, that I know of, no one's written in if it's happened to them. Sorry if anyone's died from my lists. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, no, I Want Candy's a great song. I didn't know it was a cover. I, I genuinely thought that was a Bow Wow Wow song. Yeah. And I don't know anything else about Bow Wow Wow, so I guess, you know, the thing That's, I know is the, the less you know, I think, the better. Okay. Because there are some questionable management stuff there, but anyway. Okay, hot take on Bow Wow Wow. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, great song. I didn't know it was a cover, so that's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, anything else to say on that? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> it's just a great song, and wanna, it was a cover song. There you go. You want to talk about something else? <laughs> yeah, how's your day? Uh, not not too bad. Uh, right. Work uh, work went a little long, but you yeah, know. you know it happens. Yeah, uh, you know the cats have been fine. Oh, good. So, okay, why don't we move on to your? Okay, my number twelve is a song that uh, again is going to be one of those ones that not a lot of people might know as a cover song. They might not know it's anything other than a TV show theme. The song is in the street, and it's uh, covered by. Couple of different people on that '70s show, but my personal favorite is "Cheap Trick," originally by Big Star. Yeah, good song. Yeah, uh, I am a little surprised not to hear you say that was on your list. Um, you know what? I don't know really why that didn't come in. I think I had so many right off the top of my head. Sure. And I just, like I say, I just kind of stopped myself. Yeah. From having to go through what I do a lot of times and have five different versions of the list going through, and I yeah. kind of wanted. I wanted to just make a list and be done with it, yeah. basically. So, um, but yeah, that should probably should have been on there. Yeah. I guess what happens for what happened for me on that one is both Cheap Trick and Big Star are never far from my playlists. Right. So like that that song just seemed a gimme to me. Uh, never but, go far without a little Cheap Trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, there you go. Tie in the replacements too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, not necessarily one of my favorite songs by either band, but an iconic song. I mean, it's one of those songs that, I mean, that 70s show in its day was huge. That 90, that 90s show is happening now. Yeah, I know. I'm going to go home and watch it. <laughs> I, I, I might. Uh, I well, it's got Red and Kid in it. That's enough for me. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to see out of it, so... Uh, I'm, I haven't started yet. That's one of those shows that, uh, is, is, is that one that they've released all of it or they're doing it weekly? I don't know. Okay. It's one of those show, shows that if they're doing it weekly right now, once it's all available, I'm going to watch all of it in, in a day. Right. You know, like it's one of those for me, but, uh, I mean, I liked that 70s show at the time. Everybody liked that 70s show at the time for like sure. at least a few seasons. Uh, and that song started that show, and I can't remember the name of the other band that did Like, they never used the Big Star version as the theme song for that show. 
uh, but a cheap trick did, and somebody else did, and my preferred I don't know. version. Yeah, I'm not sure. Who yeah, I, that's one of those things I should have googled before we started doing this. But um, might have just been like a studio thing, like. No, it was somebody, was but it? yeah, I, okay. I don't remember who. I uh, my apologies to whoever that is, who I'm sure are big fans of the show. Uh, but, I mean, obviously my preferred version is the Cheap Trick song, and I love the Big Star song uh, version. Uh, Cheap Trick did their own take on it and did it a little bit different than Big Star did, but still counts as a cover. And, uh, I mean, just one of those songs that if you if we did a list of our fab 15 tv show themes which is a damn good suggestion uh, say, that, that's coming yeah that's probably not next since i just said it but that's no, a, we gotta that's give a, it a little bit yeah that's a damn good suggestion uh but that's if we if, if you did a list of your know, all-timer banger tv show themes that'd be on it you know probably for a lot of people. And for those of you keeping count, that's twice with the term banger. Tonight. I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Everybody uses it. It's okay. Yeah, it's just the... I've never heard you say it till just right now. That's the one thing that the kids say that I know. Uh, that and slaps. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that things slap and are bangers. The bangers slap. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is what slapping they do. the bangers. Uh, but uh, that's not horrible. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I didn't hear it until now. But uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, but yeah, just just a great song. I, yeah, just a just an iconic cover song, an iconic TV show song, and I I don't think a lot of people will know that it's a cover. So yeah. if nothing else, I want to tell you, hey, check out Cheap Trick and Big Star. They wrote a song that you already know. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> and there's there's a lot more there. Uh, odds are you've heard a few Cheap Trick songs. You might not have heard a lot of Big Star. So uh, check out those bands. Oh, you might be surprised if you Or, have. yeah, you might there's be surprised a, by how much Big Star you do know. There's a few of them that yeah. have been covered and got out there. Yeah, so. there are other Big Star covers that mm -hmm. may be on your list. Uh, so we'll... Uh, no, there's not. Okay, but... uh, September Girls. <laughs> is a, a Bangles yeah. again. Bangles did September uh, yeah, Girls. Uh, uh, replacements did it. Yeah, I forgot the Replacements did it. It was yeah. kind of on a bootleg, but still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Big Star songs out there that you don't know are Big Star songs, but... Uh, yeah, I just, if nothing else, just a little bit of love for those two bands. And I've, I've talked way too long on, uh, number 12. Uh, so, uh, right. let's, let's get to your number 11. Okay, my number 11 is another one most people don't know was a cover. I'll stop that eventually, I promise. Um, <laughs> but number 11, uh, originally a power pop song by the Arrows, which went nowhere, to my knowledge, anyway. And then Joan Jett made it huge with I Love Rock and Roll. Oh, fuck! Why is that not on my list? <laughs> Why is that not on my... I knew that was a cover. Why isn't that on my list? Wow, you got really excited about that. Um, <laughs> it's a great choice. It's a great song. Um, there is an alternate version, by the way, for people who um, are interested in this kind of thing. With Joan Jett, it came out on her CD album called Flashback, which is a bunch of uh, outtakes and alternate versions and stuff from movies and all that kind of stuff that has uh, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols playing guitar on it. So it's Steve Jones oh, and uh, I want to say Paul Cook on drums too, I think. Interesting. Um, and it was, then obviously, you know, she redid it with the Black Hearts and made it a thing. But Yeah, yeah, I don't know um, that version. So yeah. it's not, I mean, it's, I don't think it's as good, but it's an interesting listen and it's, huh. it's good. It's just not quite there. Yeah. But, um, so just, just a side road, but, uh, yeah, I love rock and roll. Everybody loves that song. But yeah, the Arrows was yeah. a, a power pop band. Again, a bunch of dudes who um, made a song that was kind of sketchy, and uh, Joan Jett turned it into a song that was also sketchy, but nobody cared. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the whole 17 thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, great song. Everybody loves it. So, you know, you can't 
go wrong with that song. So there you go. I think I just like the Joan Jett version so much that I I just blanked on it being a cover song. That when happens. I was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew that, but mm-hmm. I think I just accepted hers as the version. That's a great album too. That whole <laughs> oh, album. Yeah. The I love rock and roll. That's to me is at her at her peak, but. Yeah, well, um, and everybody and everybody album. who uh, bought the vinyl thought they actually had her autograph for a minute, you know. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So that was that's a great. Oh, it's also got her version of Crimson and Clover on. It, yeah. Oh. Which, oh God, that's a good. Yeah. Yeah. And that should be on my list. Mm-hmm. She did a lot of covers on that record, so I yeah. take back what I said about uh, records with too many covers on it because that's a good one. Yeah. Well, at the time, <laughs> you might not have known. <laughs> with, well, with her. I knew that I didn't know I love rock and roll. I knew New Crimson, Crimson and Clover, Clover was. Okay. Even as a kid, I knew that one. Who did that one originally? Um, Again, I mainly think of her. I want to say it was Tommy Jane and the Chandels, but I could that be makes wrong. sense. I could be wrong. On I mean, that. it would have been that era. Obviously, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. But uh, that's a great song too. Yeah, that one is also has her version of Little Drummer Boy, which you should skip. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the last song, so don't worry about yeah, it. Even at Christmas, don't always, listen to that. Always, yeah. I, I mean, that's. I, just I just know. don't like that song. Oh, well, I don't either, but yeah. just I think I just have hearing, bad... Having her sing, it's just, it's just wrong. Yeah. You know, and, you know, love Joan, love you, sure. but... I think just, I just no. have bad memories from the Dick Van Dyke Christmas show episode where Richie sings it. Yeah, that'll do it. And, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't want to hear that song, yeah. no matter who's doing it. Anyway... I oh, yeah. don't know why we're doing <laughs> right. We're, That's right. We're we're doing a, a show. We're trying to we're <laughs> trying to condense it. Um, Hi, folks. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I love rock and roll. Is my number eleven. What's yours, Derek? Uh, fucking. Um, <laughs> I was writing when you said my name, and I almost wrote Derek. Grateful <laughs> <laughs> that song, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry. Uh, mine is another one that people might not know as a cover because there's one version that is kind of the accepted version, but it was originally by Nick Lowe and is another one that is kind of blink and you'd miss it in his career. It's an album track, but, uh, made famous by Elvis Costello. What's so funny about peace, love and understanding? Can't believe I didn't put that on. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I told you I was going for really super popular. Would you songs like a moment and... to redo your list? <laughs> Maybe, but no. Okay. Uh, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? As soon as you said Nick Lowe, I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, one of those songs people might not know as a cover. In fact, it's almost reached. It's almost reached that status that people might not know that Elvis Costello did it. <laughs> like it's just sort of one of those songs people know. It's just there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone just kind of knows that song. It's one of those songs that, like, I've I've uh, been at parties and gatherings and stuff, and, you know, someone knows you're a guitar player, they hand you a guitar and say, hey, play something. All right. And, like, I'll play that song and just say, hey, sing along if you know it, and people will sing along. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, just, it's just one of those songs people know. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Uh, and uh, the Nick Lowe version is kind of... Kind of a croonery version, kind of a slower, slower paced version. Kind of, I, I, the word sparse is not correct, but it's a lot more low energy, low, it's more direct, low key. Yeah, I think it's not as. Uh, well, go ahead and finish. Yeah, finish well, what and, you're I mean Elvis Costello. Uh, to put it in the vernacular of an Elvis Costello fan, he pumped it up. <laughs> he made it yeah. a much more explosive kind of faster. Yeah, energetic. A little, little faster, a little more energetic. It's a, it's a bigger band. The attractions were a bigger yeah. band than it was. Still, the attractions that fun, wasn't it? Uh, was it? Uh, it was. 
I think that was the attractions. I mean, obviously either that, or, obviously either that or the imposters. Yeah, I, I, I have all of the Elvis Costello I stuff and it blends together. Yeah, I want to say that was old I enough think to be right early enough the to be the attractions. Yeah. Um, so bigger band, um, but Nicklaus. I don't know that I'd agree that it's uh, croonery, but it's just not the same. Uh, energy level as the Elvis Costello yeah. so I think but uh, but yeah that's a great song yeah crooner was probably the every, wrong word everybody knows that song too so yeah, that's it's a little another... more restrained maybe I should have said yeah maybe yeah. he wanted you to think about what it was saying more yeah yeah he wanted to like the the Nick Lowe version is uh, again contemplative seems like the wrong word but he wants you to think about the, the words whereas Elvis Costello it's more of a more of a plea more of a kind of he's 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 like screaming it out, whereas Nick Lowe is is asking the question. Yeah, I don't think me. I think um, Nick Lowe wants you to think about the words, whereas Elvis wants to force the words into your brain. That makes sense. I think yeah, that's, that's a good way of saying the, it. The way to go. With yeah. It. So that's. I mean, that's my number eleven. I love that song. I cover me that too. song a lot, and uh, I love Elvis Costello and I love Nick Lowe. Mm-hmm. Again, one of those things. Check out both of those acts if you don't know them. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, if you two just acts know we've that both song, seen and both were great shows. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a big Elvis Costello fan. I wasn't sure I was going to like it, but I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's uh, that's an all timer show for me. I loved being was, there for that. It was really good. I enjoyed. And it. it was a solo show. He didn't have a band with him, and mm-hmm. I was like, just oh, this is great. It was. It was. It was really good. Yeah. So. I'm a casual at best fan, but that was mm. a really good show. I would like to see him with a band sometime, but you know. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you get on the phone, you let him know. Right. <laughs> hey, Derek is. Uh, <laughs> you want to come oh. over and. Yeah, Derek. <laughs> no, from him to check it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the 15. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love I am, that show. <laughs> I am miming being on a phone right now to no yeah. one. Hey, I don't know who where you're doing see that. this. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, we're, we're on number 10. Are we? <laughs> yeah, and okay. uh, it seems like it's your turn. All right. So, <laughs> my number 10 actually is appropriate again for tonight. Um, it's the only Dylan cover that made my list, surprisingly. Okay. Now that I look at it, but it's um, so you know what's coming, but yes. you don't know which one. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, from the birds, uh, Mr. Tambourine Man. Also on my list. Okay. And they did a few Dylan songs. Yeah. And made hits out of them. Yeah. And then he stopped letting them do them when they, he did, they did one that wasn't a hit. He was like, don't do my songs anymore. Yeah. Stop. If you're not going to be hits, don't do them. Yeah. <laughs> so, which, which is a very Dylan thing to do. Very um, Dylan thing to but do. But yeah, the Mr. Tambourine, the bird, man, the Mr. Tambourine Man, <laughs> which is hard to say now. It is. Sudden, apparently. The birds <laughs> version, uh, I think is the more well-known version. Those Probably harmonies is. are just, uh, you know, beyond. I mean, Birch harmonies were always fantastic. So yeah, uh, those well, on that twelve-string guitar. That yeah, and you know yeah. the the jingly song, the jingle jangle Morden. The yeah. the jangle sound that the birds, if they didn't invent it, they perfected it. Yeah. Um. So great song all the way around, and Dylan's version is good too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, sure. Um. That's kind of the definitive version in my brain, and. Uh, like I say, I made this before I knew what day it was going to be, but um, yeah, but a uh, real good song. Uh, I mean, you've you've heard it, you know it. So yeah, and go. I mean, same on everything that you said. Just one of those great songs, and very appropriate for the day that we happen to be recording this on. Yep. Uh, and on my list too. And I mean, I love Bob Dylan. Uh, I love the Birds version of Mister Tambourine Man more. You're right; that is hard to say. See, is it easier to sing? Probably. <laughs> hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play the tambourine. I'm tired of your shit and I don't like you. Where are the words? <laughs> Is, that was it. Am I close? Sorry. That was pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, it is easier to sing, just to clarify. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, great song, no matter who's doing it. Well, that's probably not true. There's probably somebody who has a terrible version of Mr. Yeah, Dan no, Green you Man. could really mess up those harmonies and be, <laughs> yeah. that would be awful. Yeah, uh, but no, the Birds version is great. And uh, God damn it, I miss David Crosby already. And uh, we've still got Sorry. Dylan. We've still got Dylan sure. for a little while, man, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless something happened while we were recording this, in which case this list just got I mean, way let's sadder. Not, let's, uh, <laughs> let's not speak it into the universe. Let's... I'm trying to speak it out of it. Right. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah, Mr. Tambourine Man's an excellent choice. It's on my list, too. I, I have nothing more to add, man. It's just a great song sure. by at least two great artists. And uh, uh, I mean, yeah, if if we were zeroing in on either of those artists, it, it'd be in my top be on five. The list, sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just, uh, you know, I mean, I honestly don't know if I've got 15 bird songs. I've got at least 10, but <laughs> you know, uh, I but, could probably get there. But uh, yeah, I could be... get there probably, but yeah. not, you know, not just not without looking mm-hmm. at a list, you know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, just, just a fantastic song, an excellent choice. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have that one in common. Good. Uh, my number 10 we've, uh, already talked about was already on your list. It's twist and shout. Okay. So, uh, I have nothing else to add to that. Uh, other than uh, I have nothing else to add to that. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you're number so nine, sir. Number nine. Uh, number nine was a hit in the 90s, which was one of those songs I didn't think anybody would ever recover, would ever cover, but they did. Uh, originally by the Guess Who, it's Lenny Kravitz's version of American Woman. Oh, good choice. I didn't yeah. think of that. Really, and I have always been kind of a Lenny Kravitz fan. I've always liked have you really? his vibe. Yeah. I, I how was, did I not know that? <laughs> yeah, I would like to say, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a super fan. I don't sure, know. but you like him. Yeah, I yeah. like, you know, pretty much all the hits I like. Okay. Um, and he's uh, one of those guys, I just like his vibe. So, um, the American Woman was a pretty big hit, uh, his version of it. So, I put it on my list. I got nothing else to say, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly funkier than the original. Yeah. Yeah, than the Guess Who version. But yeah. It's got a kind of a cool vibe to it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean it's a it's a very good version. Was yeah, it's that a good version, it's a good song? Was that a soundtrack release? Was that like an Austin I don't Powers remember. two? I want. I feel like that was Austin Powers two. Uh, maybe. I don't know off the top of my head. That sounds like or either that or it was on a greatest hits package or something like the extra song for a hits package, which was a big thing for a while. Everybody had to. Wow. Greatest hits and do an extra song. You ready for this? When you Google American Woman, uh, the version that comes up is Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, in the Google answers, who originally sang American Woman? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not that upsetting. It's understandable, but it's, uh, sure. you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't remember why I'm Googling this. Oh, uh, was it a it soundtrack was a soundtrack. Thing? It might have been. Uh, I'm not going to find that easily. Okay. Let's, uh, let's say maybe. Uh, that, that's, that's a really good version of that shot. song. Yeah. That's a really good version of that song. I'm, uh, a little disappointed that wasn't in contention for me. I just didn't think of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Guess Who song is great too. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, Lenny Kravitz is, uh, one of those guys who, uh, you like him, you like his vibe. I do too, but I don't think about him a lot. Uh, he just doesn't pop into my, yeah, my brain a lot. Uh, which... Seems like an oversight on my part. That seems like one of those things that, like, in a couple of years, I'm going to go, I, I, musical blind spot, I need to do a deep dive on Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. You, I know? Mean, you know? Great guitar player. Yeah, great guitar player, great singer. His stuff always has that, um, 
just that groove to it. Yeah, it's sort of Princeian. Um, in a way, know, sort of, a little yeah. more rocky. But, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah, that side. So yeah. he was, uh, yeah, he's always got good. And he's still doing stuff. I know he's not, I don't know if he's having hits anymore or not, but he's still putting out records. Yeah. Um, and uh, from everything I've heard, you know, still good stuff. So, yeah, I'm digging Lenny Kravitz. He, got, he took that from a bluesy based song because the American Moment, the original, the has that kind of bluesy intro to it um, where there's kind of got the acoustic guitar and they're just yeah, kind yeah. of scatting around a little bit. Oh, yeah, I kind And of then gets into that. the song and yeah. Lenny said, forget that, and just went straight into the song and uh, turned it up to 10 and said, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, but a uh, great version of a great song. So there you go. Yeah. I always appreciate that when, well, maybe not always, but I often appreciate that when an artist hears what's already a good song and goes, yeah, but what if it rocked? Right and and Lenny Kravitz did a great. Or sometimes the opposite issue. Sometimes it's like uh, yeah, this rock song. It's like let's break it down and let's make it you know a slightly different thing and really cause people to come into it a different way. That's cool too. Yeah. Somebody once said, I don't remember who it was. uh, It was in some music magazine years ago, but Mm -hmm. somebody said the only reason to do a cover song is if you can do it different or better. I uh, genuinely thought you were the one who said that. No, because that's uh, you've said that to me a number of times. Quoted it. Yeah, um, but I don't remember who it was. So uh, whoever let's say it was, it was uh, Robert Christigo. Let's could say it been. was him. Um, probably not, but could have been. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I'm not a huge fan of his actually. But let's so, say it was him. Could have been him. Uh, yeah. So, but and that's true because there can that's true because a lot of covers, you know, when you hear him, you go, well, it's okay, it's fine. Yeah. But the good ones either are super different or are uh, you know bring it up to modern, you know, bring it into the modern age. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so that's my number... What the heck was that? Nine. nine? Yeah. All right. Uh, it was an excellent choice. Uh, my number nine, we have uh, actually just recently talked about, was Mr. Tambourine Man. Okay. So uh, we were pretty close there. But Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing to add because it just said everything I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to... Uh, I'll wait for you to stop writing or whatever no, you're, you're doing. Okay, we're, that brings us to your number eight. Okay. So number eight probably should be higher now that I look at my list, but okay. it is what it is. I'm not changing it. Uh, number eight, uh, another one that people did not know was a cover when it came out. I think people do now, but they didn't at the time. Uh, the Wayne Cochran song, Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. Hey, you want to hear something funny? What's that? My number eight is Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> exact match. Derek, uh, listening to this later, get whatever sound file you're using yes, ready. Exactly. Exactly. Got to be some sound effect there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so let's talk about it. That uh, just proved to me that you don't listen to the show. There is a sound effect. <laughs> I know there is, but I can't remember what it is. It's a. Uh, is it's it a, like a? It's a clown horn. It was a clown horn. I don't know if it was yeah. a clown horn or if it was. Um, because I thought it was like okay, it's a clown horn. It's a clown. I'm horn. not going to argue you with think you. It was? <laughs> Maybe it's have... better. What do you think it was? <laughs> I thought it was like a like a ding sound, like a dinging sound. Wasn't no, it's it? a clown it horn. A clown horn. It's clown horn's clown better. Horn. Yeah. Clown horn's better. Okay. I know. I know there was one, but we haven't had one for. I think we did on the last list, actually. Did we? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. It's I fine. Did, I did not listen to the last one. I'll give you that. Okay. But, there you go. <laughs> uh, we hadn't had one for a long time since. I remember. I, we, when you first did it, I did I did hear it. I thought it was funny, but I thought yeah. it was a ding. Okay. Yeah, I just anyway. it's slightly underwhelming, and I like that. But yeah, uh, last kiss. Back to the song. We both have things to say, I imagine, but you you're the one that started, so go ahead. Okay, um, so everybody you know kind of knows that song. It's from the '90s, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much everyone knows that song. Uh, one of the 
a, a, a genre that we have lost along the way somehow, which is the teenage tragedy song. Yeah. So, you know, those who may not be familiar or never bothered to really listen into the lyrics, yeah. which on a Pearl Jam song is kind of easy to do. I can see um, yeah. It's about a car crash where um, dude's girlfriend dies and he's holding her as and has a last kiss with her yeah um as she's dying it's so, very fucking sad it's very sad um it's not it's not um not pleasant but the song is good and it's got a kind of a 50s kind of swaying uh vibe to it yeah uh, but you know that was a an actual genre for a long time yeah um you had uh the last kiss, but you'd have uh, songs like "Tell Laura I Love Her." Oh yeah, "Tell Laura um, I Love Her." Leader of the Pack. Yeah, yeah. You know those people kind of don't songs. know "Leader of the Pack" is that is that kind of song. No, people don't mm. know. That. There's a whole car crash in that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the leader of the pack is no more. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler for a <laughs> song from the fifties. Yeah. But um, you know, it's kind of one of those things. So when they did that, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, and it's just a really good version. It's almost sweet. Yeah. When you listen to it. Um, it's sweet, it's depressing, and um, it's fun to listen to, even though it's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, really, uh, you know, just really interesting song, and one that I think deserves to be on anybody's list of cover songs. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think the story of Pearl Jam doing that song is Eddie stumbled upon a forty-five in, like, a retail shop, or, like, a resale shop. And like heard the song and went, oh, we got to do the song, and um, and the rest of the band was like, yeah, fine, whatever, it's your yeah. band, I guess, and and they uh, did Last Kiss, and uh, it just became this sort of out of nowhere hit for Pearl Jam. Cause yeah, because it was on like a an album with a bunch of various artists for the environment. So. Yeah, it was like a single kind of. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, if you're looking at Pearl Jam chronology, it would have been yeah. considered a single rather than an album. Well, track. it became a single, but it was yeah. the song yeah. they released from that album, whatever yeah, it was Yeah, it was called. like a throwaway kind of, ah, we're doing this for charity. And yeah. then everyone went, what the fuck? <laughs> like, there's right. this awesome Pearl Jam song. And they just started getting played and played and played, and now they're like, oh, I guess we got a hit with somebody else's song. Cool. Right. You know, and uh, I mean... What I, I I honestly don't know if I've ever heard the uh, was it Eddie Cochran or Wayne, Wayne. Cochran Wayne Cochran it was Wayne I I honestly don't know if I've ever heard the Wayne Cochran version but like, I have but honestly I don't remember it because I did look into it okay at one point and listen to it um so it's fine yeah you just wanted, it sounds like it like I, that song yeah so yeah. <laughs> I don't remember I honestly don't remember it I know I've heard it but I don't remember it very well so. Um, you know, cause you just, the Pearl Jam song just flies into my head. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, part of what makes that as much as, uh, like Pearl Jam's greatest weakness is its greatest strength. Uh, part of what makes that song for me is Eddie Vedder's vocal performance. Sure. Uh, just the, uh, I mean, you know, people talk about the, uh, kind of, uh, yardle that he has in his, in his voice, but, uh, the passion that's there and the sort of the commitment and the i mean you feel like Eddie Vedder is singing that song about someone he know he know he knew i guess i should say uh i mean that the just the way he sings that hold me down for a little while like yeah. it just it shivers up my spine and i i love that version of the song and uh yeah one of those ones that people probably think that that's a pearl jam song sure and uh, uh it's uh, not 
Um, but I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that song a lot. Landed on the same spot on both of our lists, yeah. and that's so, you know kind of interesting. That's another thing for all to Google is teenage tragedy songs. Yeah, look into those. There's, uh, I mean, don't listen to too many of them, too many of them in a row. Yeah, that'd be a bummer of a but, Fab Fifteen. Yeah, right. That, that's a not so Fab that's Fifteen. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm a sad go, Fifteen. There you go. I was trying to find the word, but yeah. Um, same number of letters. That's fun. That's true. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, change the way you write it on the notebook or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a uh, fun fact. The reason uh, "Bad Out of Hell" the song uh-huh. has the crash in it is uh-huh. because Jim Steinman's a big fan of those songs and they wanted it to have a leader of the pack thing in it. That fact that's, is fun. It is, isn't it? I told yeah. you because usually if people say fun fact, and it's like that's I don't care. Yeah, you but, get to the end of it, and you're like, "Fuck you! That was just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't fun at all." Yeah, but, but no, that, uh, that was fun because I was yeah I was watching the thing on uh, on that album, uh, one of those album shows, um, cla- <laughs> classic albums, I think they're called. And uh, Meat was talking about it. He's like, yeah, I thought the song was done. And Jim comes in this whole thing. It's like, whoa, okay, what's happening here? Nice. So um, let's go. Yeah. So. Yeah, teenage tragedy songs, very cool. Yeah, it's uh, you know, don't get hung up on them, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> close up. But that's, but yeah, great Pearl Jam song. So uh, number, uh, yeah, number seven, seven for you. I mean, we we match, so we're on your All number right. seven. Number seven um, is the only Elvis song I included because it is the standard Elvis song, and I wanted to give love to the original artist of Big Mama Thornton. So it's Hound Dog. Oh wow! I I forgot that was a Big Mama Thornton song. I knew yeah. I, obviously I knew he didn't write it, but sure. Uh, I expected you to say I can't help falling in love with you. Well, that's there too, but I uh, in my mind, uh, which was my wedding song. Yeah. Um, but uh, Hound Dog uh, in my mind is probably the one that I go to first when I think of Elvis songs. Yeah. No, I mean uh, excellent. I mean, what look whatever your go to Elvis song is. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, good choice. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I forgot that was Big Mama Thornton. Yes, yeah, love uh, Big Mama. Yeah. You, oh, she's great. Yeah. Every everyone, go listen to Big Mama Thornton. I yeah, don't care yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise, after this. Yeah. Well, after or pause this. this or pause this. Back. Do that. Yeah. Come back to this. Yeah. But, you'll thank us. Um. Yeah. It is, listen Big to Mama some of the is, shit she did with Johnny Ace, man. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's a whole other story for another time. Than Absolutely. Johnny Ace thing. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't even talk about it. <laughs> long um, pause. Because, <laughs> like, do I, even, do I even want to talk about this? No, um, uh, no not don't. really. It's uh, yeah. not apropos at all. I was just no, giving a recommendation. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> Big Mama is awesome. And look, She's Elvis, fantastic. And Elvis has the song. I mean, he, the definitive version of that yeah. song. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you know, you're, you're listening to it in your head right now as we're talking about. Yep. It. So, um, but yeah, that's the Elvis song that I put on. I you had to have one and. Uh, Hound Dog, I think, is the one for me. That's mm. the one, you know. And, and, and you're right, the uh, Can't Help Falling in Love is, is probably on my second. Yeah, see, that would have been on my list had I allowed myself an Elvis song. Yeah, and that's, and like I say, that was my wedding song. I've always loved that song, yeah. the uh, Can't Help Falling in Love with You. Yeah. We had our wedding dance to it, and yeah. anytime it comes on, we look at you and we go, aw. Yeah. But um, <laughs> as far as covers go, I think Hound Dog was just, what a, for whatever reason, did that just one out. Uh, again, I think just because I wanted to give love to Big Mama. So, yeah, no, I see that. She is. Uh, she was. That's fantastic. always a good call. She was fantastic. There's a uh, album of hers recorded in one of the jails. You remember which jail house it was? Oh yeah, I have that. And yeah, I can't I've remember got it the on name vinyl of it. back at the house, but um, it's over there right now. <laughs> uh, is it just called Jail? <laughs> no, she's live somewhere. Yeah, I can go looking for it if you want. No, that's fine. Nah, it's, we'll anyway, it out later. Um, just 
look look that up. Listen, find some YouTube or something or yeah. Spotify, whatever she's on. You'll uh, whatever's your is. poison that doesn't yeah. give the artist money. Right, exactly. Uh, well, okay. But she's so dead, so and, you well, know someone's got to get something yeah. out of it. Her family should get a little yeah. little kickback. There you go. Uh, so we're on my number seven. Number seven. Okay, my number seven is a song that I would be shocked to find out is not on your list. Uh, so I'm preparing to be shocked because there's you, been a few so far. It hadn't worked. Uh, number seven, uh, Bob Dylan song. I limited myself to only two Dylan songs. Uh, this is my second Dil- Dylan song, so I got it out of the way. Uh, Bob Dylan song. Played by Take Your Pick by Everybody Knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah, I limited myself to one Dylan song. Oh. So that's what so I did Mr. Tambourine Man. Um and you're right, it's covered by everybody. Which maybe yeah. maybe is why I didn't think of it. Because huh. there's because I go to different people when I think of that song. Ah. Uh, I don't know. And maybe that's why I didn't I don't know. Anyway, continue. We're, we're at number Talk seven. We only have three matches. Uh, yeah. This is going to be a weird list. It is. Uh, 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 knocking on Heaven's Door. Uh, I mean, it's just the quintessential Dylan song, but it's also the quintessential Clapton song. It's also the quintessential Guns N' Roses song. It's also the quintessential whoever you've heard play it song. Mm-hmm. Just one of those songs that if you're in a band, you've played this song. Uh, oh, you know what? I forgot my favorite version. It's the quintessential fucking Warren Zevon song. Mm. Uh, he played that album on The Wind, his last song that he, that he, or his last album that he produced while he knew he was dying from cancer. Right. And, uh, that gives it a whole other level that, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to listen to that entire album. I cannot listen to his version of that song unless I'm in a very specific mood. Uh, it just, it, I mean, Knock on Heaven's Door is one of those songs that whatever your experiences with the song, whatever band you first heard play it, it's one of those iconic songs that you just know and that you just, it just speaks to you and you dial into it and you go, yeah, I, I someone's playing Knockin' on Heaven's Door, I'm, I'm in, you know, <laughs> like I, sure. I understand, I'm in, I'm with it, I get it. Uh, again, I'm sure there's somebody out there who has a really terrible version of it, but so far I haven't heard it. It's just one of those songs that seems to transcend genre, genre, I just said genre, uh, it, it transcends genre, it transcends band, it, trans- it transcends whatever it needs to transcend and just, just works. It's just a great song and, you know... It, it, I, I don't think it's one of those that people don't realize as a cover song. I mean, unless it's... Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I do know somebody who uh, uh, not that long ago told me that, uh, you know, you'd be, you'd be embarrassed of me. The first version I ever heard of that was the Guns N' Roses version. And I was like, yeah, given your age, I'm okay with that. No, that's not embarrassing because it was a hit. Yeah, it was a hit. And, you know, like, you know what? Bob Dylan in the 90s was not doing Bob Dylan's best work or his best known work or his best appreciated work anyway. Right. Uh, and, you know, God bless Axl Rose for making people remember, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a G&R guy. I don't love Axl Rose's voice. I, I certainly don't love the way that he presents himself or the way that he behaves. I'm from St. fucking Louis, for God's sake. Right. Uh, but... God bless him for doing that song and making people remember it. I love that song. 
you sure. know, and it's just it belonged on my list. I'm shocked that it's not on yours, but like I said, I was prepared to be shocked. Uh, you know, because we've had a few of those already. Yeah, but, uh, um, and just think... just an all-time song and an all-time cover. And go ahead and say whatever you're going to yeah, say. No, it's fine. There's, I think maybe it didn't hit my list because, like you said, everybody knows it's a cover song, and that's kind of not where my head was. Huh. At that point, I wanted to have songs that were. I feel like that's exactly or... what you told me was the well, criteria was for bigger, the list. I know, but I thought it was. <laughs> I was thinking more bigger than. The cover, the original, or equals it, and there's just so many versions. The first version I ever heard uh-huh. of "Knocking on Heaven's Door," and I defy somebody to find this. I mean, it's out there, I'm sure, but this is a hard one to find. Was by a band in the early days of metal, before metal became what it became in the early '80s. Band called Heaven. Okay. Did "Knocking on Heaven's Door." Or no, wait. Was it them or was it Mama's Boys? Now I don't remember. I don't know either one. Well, Mama's <laughs> Boys did the did a cover of when the kids are, if the kids are united, in oh, that's a, a, in a metal, a pop metal way. But they were like metal was weird. But I think it was a band called Heaven. But I saw a video for it on MTV really late at night. You know when they put the stuff out that they didn't know what to do with. Yeah. And uh, I remember I kind of liked the song, but I thought it was a little bit odd, and it was just kind of one of those things, probably because. That band shouldn't have been doing that song. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it took me years until I uh, heard another version. I think maybe it was Clapton or somebody I heard a version yeah. of. Um, so I do like the song. Yeah, for whatever reason, it just didn't really come across my radar for this list. I don't, and I'm trying to figure out why. I'm going, like, why did I not think of that? <laughs> but um, I got a lot of that tonight. So I don't sure. know. There you go. Um, but, I yeah, mean, it's a great song. I mean, we, uh, we played it in the cover band I was in. I was in a cover band for about a minute. I forgot you were, in yeah. In the 90s. Yeah. Um, and it never really, we could never keep our members together, so we never really did anything. But, right. Uh, we would play it, and we had to do the Guns N' Roses song, so I had to do my best Axel yeah. impersonation, which is kind of one Give I, us a reggae! I did not do that. <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> Someone was waiting for a Give Me Some Reggae when well, Guns N' Roses came up. You know, um, <laughs> th- th- there you go. There's a, there's a there's so, a there's a there's a YouTube video that is ten hours of Axl Rose going give me some reggae and yeah, and right. that song. There's ten hour videos, a lot of things on yeah. YouTube, but I don't recommend watching any of them. No. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. I had a just a long relationship with that song too, but yeah, I was trying to figure out why in the world I didn't. Yeah. It just didn't. It just didn't cross my radar. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's a the, great song though. Yeah. I mean, you know, I agree with everything you said. Okay. It's just. Uh, I just had a weird first first tier of that. Yeah, it just song. missed your list. I get yeah, it. Yeah, it missed my list. So uh, I mean, I'm know. sure my first exposure to that song was, you know, Clapton or whatever version of Clapton, uh, Derek and the Dominoes, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, you know, he's been in too many bands. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, I was, what, nine, ten years old or whatever, and Dad took me to see Eric Clapton? You know, you were there. Yeah, I was there for that. That was a good show. Yeah, it was a very good show. And, you know, I I fell in love with that sort of style of music because of Eric Clapton. I mean, I can't take that away from him, no matter what my personal feelings on the man are. Sure. Uh, and Knocking on Heaven's Door is one of those songs that, uh, yeah, my first experience would have been Clapton's version, you know, and that's... Maybe my default... Actually, you know what? My default, as I'm sitting here talking to you, my default is the slide guitar in Warren Zevon's version. Yeah. That's that's what's happened in my head. 
because uh, Warren Zevon just did, uh, again, a version of that song that, given the circumstances, you know, if you don't know the circumstance with him doing that song, you hear that version, you go, yeah, it's a perfectly good version of that song, very, you know, very right. well done. If you know the circumstances, it rips your heart out, yeah. you know, <laughs> and and so that that just became my default. But I mean, certainly my first version was Clapton, and certainly in the '90s, we uh, when I was in my rock band, we played something not dissimilar to the Guns N' Roses right. version. Uh, it's one of those songs that just I'm sure absolutely everybody hearing this can say this. It's one of those songs that just keeps finding its way into my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and just I can think of a dozen benchmark moments of my life with that song in it. And it just it had to be on my list. Again, it's one of the first ones I wrote down. Uh, I feel like I've done a lot of talking and I think I've done uh, enough talking on this song that wasn't even on your list. But you had a lot to say about, too. There you go. Uh, but uh, I think we're ready to move on to uh, your number six. OK, my number six uh, is a song that is... It's a song? Yeah. Wow. I know, right? Uh, Originally, and a lot of people think this is reversed, is why I put it on so high. Originally done by Creedence Clearwater Revival and covered by Ike and Tina, Proud Mary. Good choice. Yeah, so... Didn't um, make my list, but good choice. It was was definitely... Yeah, the the two versions are similar, but quite different in the way that they... uh, The the, the arrangement goes and the way that they're... Uh, put out the Creedence version is uh, the original and it's very uh, laid back. Uh, you're rolling on the river, you know, it's kind of a laid back uh, yeah. country feel, almost country rock feel. And, uh, you know, of course, I continue to just, you know, blow the doors off when yeah. they do their version. I um, actually might have thought it was the other way around now that you're saying a lot that. of people do. Yeah. Um, but uh, unless I, I think of the I unless version. I'm completely wrong and I don't think I am. Hmm. Um, John Fogarty wrote it. Hmm. So uh, it's uh, yeah. You can keep talking, and I can prove that. Why don't you? Why don't you check that and just make me edit it out if I'm wrong? Uh, No, it's staying in. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so great. And if it's the reverse, then fine. Creedence did a great cover, but I'm pretty sure John Fogerty wrote that. I'm like 98% on that one. John Fogerty wrote it. Yeah. So yeah. Good job. Unless unless I'm just just been wrong for. 40 years. I, I mean, when you Google it, the Ike and Tina version, or actually specifically the Tina version, pops up, but... When was you, it Tina on her? Oh, well, they did well, Ike and Tina, no, and no, no. Tina did it later. Yeah, she yeah. did it later. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that's definitely what pops up first, but when you get to who wrote Proud Mary, it's John Fogarty, so yeah. good job. So, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, and like I say, the Proud Mary it's, version, that's the version I think of. I don't think of Fogarty's version first, you know, that's what yeah. I think of, too, and yeah, it's no, a yeah. great right. song, it's a great version um you know and it's a great song all the way around but that's yeah. one that a lot of people don't know so or don't realize was like i say like i say i think people have had that one backwards so yeah that's why i wanted to make sure i put it on the list just to kind of get it out there yeah it's another one that for me was in contention that i was hoping was going to be on your list mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm glad it's there here we go uh so yeah I, I mean i got nothing to add uh i mean same same you know yeah. I, mean, I you know look i love the ccr version too but it's it's ike and tina that you know, yeah. that's what comes to mind. That's the big one. You got the rolling on the river. You got that. Yeah. You got to have that. Right? Yeah, you so. got to have Ike's vocal mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I guess we're on my number six. Yeah. Uh, an, an, uh, another song that people might not know as a cover, uh, not, and another song that I'm prepared to be disappointed is not on your list. Okay. Uh, originally by Otis Redding, uh, covered and perfected by Aretha Franklin, Respect. That's on my list. Okay, good. 
R E S P E S P you know how to spell it. Yeah. Uh covered Eddie, by Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy reference. Yeah, co- covered by Eddie Murphy. Uh, <laughs> uh respect. Uh where do you start? Uh look, I am only reasonably confident that I've heard the Otis Redding version and I love Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. Uh Aretha Franklin I've said it before on this show. I don't know that I've said it in a Fab 15, so you may may or may not have heard me say it, but I've said it before on this show. Imagine being Aretha Franklin and just walking around knowing that you have that voice that you can just whip out at any time. Mm-hmm. That's why Aretha Franklin walked around the way that she did. Sure. Uh, Respect is the song that if you say Aretha Franklin, someone's going to say, oh, yeah, Respect, Respect, R-E-S-B-E-C-T. That's what's going to happen. Yes. Uh, She, look, Otis Redding, I love Otis Redding. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Look, I I love Otis Redding. Uh, Aretha Franklin owned that song. That is an Aretha Franklin song. I, I, I don't care. Sure. I love Otis, but Aretha Franklin made that song what it is. That is the version of that song that you know. Uh, uh, she was bigger than life, and that and she made that song bigger than life. Like there, someone says the word respect, and that song goes through through your head, and oh, you're sure. hearing Aretha sing it. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, it's just it's just one of those songs that belongs on the list. It probably belongs in my top five. It's at my number six. Uh, I mean, it probably belongs in my top three. It's at my number six. So what the hell is in my top five? But I, I, yeah, it's just one of those great songs and one of those great performances. And like I said, I I have probably heard the Otis Redding version because I love Otis Redding, but it's the Aretha version. Man? Yeah, that's it. And nobody else's version. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, you're right. Aretha owned the song on Otis, I believe, and I don't know how true this is, but I've heard that that song was only just kind of a sketch when he walked in and he kind of... I could see that he did that More or less put it out. Um, I mean, sitting when, on the when dock the, of the bay ends with whistling because yeah. he meant to add another verse. Yeah. So when the uh, when the tapes were rolling, he just he just fired it out. Yeah. And that's what Otis did. And Which Otis is pretty is, impressive. Yeah. I don't. And if you haven't dug into Otis writing, here's another one. Yeah. Get get yourself a best of Otis writing, and yeah. if all you know is sitting on the dock of the bay, prepared to be surprised. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> super funky. Um, yeah. Super yeah, soul. Yeah. Not so, I mean, more soulful maybe than well, funky. Well, yeah, but I mean... A little, bit of, little bit of a mix. Soul bleeds into funk so Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Aretha uh, owns that song. It's the ultimate Aretha Franklin song. It's one of the ultimate songs of all time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can't have this list and not have that song on it. Yeah. That's just all there's to it. I mean, man, Aretha Franklin, one of those people who, for the longest time, I denied. Like, just in my, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, punk rock, teenage, early 20s years. Like, uh, you know, I, I've seen the Blues Brothers movie. She couldn't even match up her own lip sync. Right. You know, and like, like that matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I went through that dumb period where you're like, uh, you know, tear down your idols and that kind sure. of thing. Uh, she's undeniable, man. Mm-hmm. She is undeniable. She's uh, so fucking good. And respect mm-hmm. is the go-to Aretha song. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. and it just it just absolutely belongs on the list. It's on both of ours. And uh, the, uh, the scary thing about that that yeah. is the go-to Aretha th- song is how good the rest of the stuff is. Oh no, kidding. So I mean, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, there's a box set that came out a year, maybe two ago, 
actually, it may be longer. This may have been post-pandemic. I don't even know anymore. But there's a box that came out that is uh, career-spanning from for her that like starts with her as like a teenager or whatever singing in a church. Right. And you know, and uh, but it doesn't it doesn't have a couple of things on it that it really should. But uh, you know, it's it's a great box set. It's a four disc. Uh, seek that out. Uh, I mean. Look, seek out whatever compilation of Aretha's you can if you're under familiar, but and seek out whatever Otis Redding you can if you're under familiar. But mm-hmm. I mean, she just, you know, she just had that voice and could deliver it anytime she wanted to, and often did. Mm-hmm. And you know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta give some R E S P E C T to that. Okay, so with that, we are in. It's getting serious. We are into the top five of the Fab 15, and yes. it is your go. What is your number five? My number five, um, I would be shocked if it wasn't on your list, and again, probably higher, um, is uh, the song that um, has become almost synonymous at this point, uh, the Nine Inch Nails cover of Hurt by Johnny Cash. Hey, you want to hear something funny? What's that? <laughs> My number five is Hurt by Johnny Cash. Wow. Clue <laughs> Exact digging. match. We get a second clown horn. Can we do a ding for this one? Huh? Do a clown horn at once and and ding for the other one? I don't want to have to find a second sound file. Cue the clown horn. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Hurt. Yeah, so, you know, I got to say, I am not a Nine Inch Nails guy. I never have been. I I am. I like a few things here and there. You know, you can't make records for that long and be that popular without finding a few things that stick you know sure um and i thought that hurt when nine inch nails did it i thought was an interesting song sure that i it's very different that i didn't mind yeah so much i wasn't a fan of it but i thought well, that's kind of interesting that's kind of a cool thing then and then when johnny cash did it he just uh took ownership of it basically yeah. and uh you know, I mean, I don't even know if I was Nine Inch Nails, I wouldn't even do it anymore. I would just let it go. Cause... Trent Reznor has commented on that. Actually, yeah. he, uh, you know, he has said that look when he was approached for, you know, Rick Rubin wants to do Hurt with Johnny Cash. He went, well, that's kind of a weird choice, but okay, fine, whatever. And then he heard it, and he went, oh, that's not my song anymore. That's Johnny Cash's song. That's yeah. a, that's a, that is definitively a Johnny Cash song now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Trent Reznor's in on it. Sure. So yeah, um, I mean yeah, he did that to a lot of people when he started making those Ruben records in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Chris Cornell said something similar about Rusty Cage. Yeah, well, and Tom Petty even said yeah. he heard uh, um, Johnny Cash do which one did he, which one? Was uh, it? Uh, he did a co- probably I won't be I won't back won't down. Back down, did, yeah. yeah. Um, I was gonna say running down a dream, and that no, was he wrong. didn't do that. Yeah, um, yeah, I heard walking down, and uh, Tom Petty said he was sitting there listening to it and said, "Oh my God, he must have wrote it." Mm. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think I wrote this up. Yeah. So that's Cash really just embodied um, whatever he did. But yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and then the you know, and yeah. especially with those last records after kind of you know, I hate to say it, but kind of floundering for a while. Yeah. Um in the eighties he you it was hard to get anything into you know, anything did for Johnny Cash at all. He could wasn't getting booked much and his albums weren't, you know, connecting at all and then you know, that last act came in, and it was just fantastic. Oh, it was amazing. Um, but, yeah, his uh, version of Hurt is uh, really good. There's something about that lyric and that voice Yeah, that belongs together, and I don't and, know... Uh, and that video. I don't know what 
Johnny found to relate to in that song specifically because it doesn't seem like one that he would gravitate towards, but whatever it was, it worked. Uh, what have I become? My sweetest friend? Everything I know? I, 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 I think he heard the chorus and went, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I don't know, because to me, it, it's always... Uh, Hurt has always sounded to me like... The lyrically has always sounded to me like um, someone who is uh, about to take their own life or is, sure. uh, you know, and possibly through the, uh, uh, or possibly a story of drug addiction, which sure. I guess he would, now that I think about it, he would He'd get, that. get that part. Yeah, yeah just because I was thinking heroin and, yeah. you know, but I didn't, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, I, I mean, just now was, made that connection now, yeah. however, <laughs> however many years later, yeah. I just finally went, duh. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I mean, the video for that is so impactful that... I don't remember the video at all. Oh my God, you need to see the video for that. Uh, it's It came it's out... It's black and white, right? Yeah, it's in black and white. But it came out right in that period where uh, June is in the video. Mm-hmm. But by the time most of us saw it, she had died. Mm. Uh, and it just takes on a completely different meaning. And it's just John in the House of Cash Museum that has a sign on the outside that says closed. Uh, and it's just him kind of evaluating his life. And, you know, it's clear that he's just deciding that this didn't add up to what it wanted to add it up uh, to add up to. And it becomes very spiritual mm-hmm. in that way. Cause the original nine inch lyric, nine inch nails lyric, the, the original nine inch lyric, <laughs> the original nine inch nails lyric is I wear this crown of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he changed it to "I wear this crown of thorns" because right. Johnny Cash isn't going to say shit right. you know, at that point in his career. Uh, but he turned a song that yeah you could read as being suicidal, you could read as being you know just about addiction. You, you could read everything that you just said. He turned it into a spiritual experience, and sure. in the video he very clearly exemplifies that and like i uh, in loyal checkmates will know i used to be a minister uh in my days in ministry i took some students to a christian teen convention that i won't mention the name of to give them free publicity uh and one of the things they did was i'm sure without paying for the licensing uh they showed the hurt video Uh, Because you can read into that video very quick that here's a man who has everything that is rejecting it and deciding that it didn't add up to anything without his faith. Sure. And that's very much, I think, what Johnny Cash was doing with the song. I think that's what he gravitated to in the song. He said, oh, I I think he just saw it and said, oh, this is... This is a song about understanding that the, the treasures of this world and the pleasures of this world don't add up to jack shit. And what's really important is bigger than that. And then you watch the video and June's hovering in the background and he's, you know, turning his back on his own legacy and she's just kind of standing there looking sad. And then she fucking died. (laughs) And you just kind of go, Jesus, Johnny Cash has lived such a life and I love him so much. And, (laughs) and, And he's right about whatever he's saying. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's so impactful. Like, you, like later tonight when you get home before you fall asleep on the couch, uh, seek out that video. That is absolutely worth your time. Okay. Um, just, uh, I, I, I like the Nine Inch Nail, Nails version. And he made some changes other than the lyrical one that I already 
sure. stated. Like there was uh, just the riff and the da 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 that that guitar riff that we think of in the Johnny Cash version, which is the version that plays in my head, and I already liked Nine Inch Nails. Uh, the guitar riff that we think of uh, is very different in the Nine Inch Nails presentation. There's it's it's a different structure. It's a different melodic kind of right. pattern, and uh, I, that's that's really hard to explain without getting into deep theory that nobody is interested in, including me, and I know it. Right. Uh, but it's it's there's a different construction there, and Johnny changed it to be a more straightforward kind of uh, I believe A minor chord that. Sorry, Trent Reznor, I love you, but the Johnny Cash version works a lot better and makes more musical sense, which I think is part of the point of the Trent Reznor version is that it doesn't quite resolve correctly. I think that's part of the point. But uh, there's there are podcasts out there that do deep dives into the Nine Inch Nails stuff that you should all check out if you're a fan of it. I, we're not going to get into that here, but uh, there's huge differences just structurally and the music between the two songs. Take my word for it if you're not going to seek out the other podcasts. Uh, but I I feel like every move that Cash made with it was the right move. And just, I, I, I already liked the song before I heard the Johnny Cash version. And I remember where I was when I heard the Johnny Cash version. I was in, uh, uh, I was in Des Moines, Iowa on a trip that, on like a, uh, a, a kind of work trip with, a college group that I was in at the time. And uh, uh, I just remember being in the hotel room there and hating that I was in a hotel room in Des Moines, Iowa, because <laughs> there was nothing to do in a hotel room in Des Moines, Iowa. And the other guys I was there with were already asleep. So even if we, if we wanted to leave the hotel district, because there's a hotel district, or there was at that time, if we mm -hmm. wanted to leave the hotel district and go to the bar district, there was no one to go with me, you know? <laughs> so, like, I was just, I was, I remember being in Des Moines, Iowa, and seeing that video for the first time and going, oh my god, Johnny Cash wrote an incredible song, and then getting a little deeper into it and realizing... He covered a Nine Inch Nails song and made it his own. Yep. You know, and it's just it's just one of those like that's a song that again I could forgive someone for not knowing that it's a cover. Sure. You know, like absolutely. If you were born post nineteen ninety, sure, you've yeah. heard the Johnny Cash version, not the Nine Inch Nails mm -hmm. version. Well, a lot of people might have heard the Johnny Cash version anyway because his I think was a bigger hit. That's probably true. Actually. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have anything to back that up. But that's that's probably just true. experience. Yeah. Kind of tells me that. Um, well, there's only only a handful of Nine Inch Nails hits. Well, but singles or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Um, Nine Inch Nails got play, but if you don't listen to, if you weren't tuned into alternative radio, you would have heard the name, but not necessarily know yeah. a whole lot about them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I saw Nine Inch Nails with David Bowie. And sure. Um, which is a really cool thing to have done. Yeah, and uh, and I still regret not getting the T-shirt that said Nine David Inch Bowie Nails." Oh, that's so cool. I know. I still regret not getting <laughs> so that. So cool. Um, I wish I'd have done that, but um, I really didn't like Nine Inch Nails at the time. I saw the show, and the, okay, you know, it was I liked it better at that point. But um, there was really there's only a handful of songs I really dig by them. But yeah, I don't remember where I was going with this. Um, uh, I don't either. Well, yeah, I, I'll take over. Uh, did did you know that I have a copy of that show? 
You told me you thought you were getting one, but I did not. Yeah, yeah I, I have yeah. a copy of that. Like, there's a uh, a semi-authorized, not not even authorized, a semi-legal bootleg version of that that has found my collection. So I've got a copy of the show that oh, you saw cool. from St. Louis. Nice. Yeah, and like I've listened to that a few times and going, yeah, that I, as a Bowie guy and and a Nine Inch Nails guy. Although, in fairness, I'm I'm. Like real nine inch nails guy would th- guys would think that I'm casual, you know, sure. <laughs> as far as yeah, and that's have... fair. Mm-hmm. But as a as as a certified Bowie guy and a nine inch nails fan, that is a fascinating listen. Uh, and you know, yeah, I, it's it, it, was, it might it be interesting. interesting for you to re-listen to it. Yeah. So, um, but I think as was getting at was that uh, you could. Even though a lot of people had heard the name Nine Inch Nails at the time, not everybody knew who they were. Not everybody yeah. heard the songs. Yeah. Uh, whereas everybody's heard the Johnny Cash version. Yeah. Maybe not everybody, but most people have yeah. heard the Nine Inch Nails. So, uh, the Cash version. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just uh, one of those, it's, it's an iconic song, so it belongs yeah. on the list. Yeah, and just one of those things that, I mean, the American series, uh, you know... Whatever else you can say about Rick Rubin, God bless him for doing that for Johnny Cash... You know, because Johnny just, the American series just bridged the gap between so many generations of music fans, Mm -hmm. and Hurt was a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hurt may have been the, the, what, cornerstone of that whole project, or that whole idea. I mean, it just... Maybe... But, I mean, because it came out later. It was on four. It was on the fourth one. Yeah, records, yeah. Um... But it's still, yeah, but it's, it's, it's important should not be under stress. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we're in absolute agreement on that. It's number five for you. It's number five for me. Uh, that brings us to what is your number four? My number four is the second uh, Otis Redding cover we're going to talk about tonight. I did do two Otis songs. Okay. Um, and it's uh, Hard to Handle by Black Crows. Good one. It didn't make my list. Came close. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those uh, songs, you know, everybody enjoys the song. Again, most people just don't know Otis Redding. I think yeah. I should say most people from the '80s onward. Yeah, that's fair. Don't know Otis. Um, if you were around in the '70s, I mean, I was a little kid, but if you were around sure. in the '70s and maybe early '80s, you'd know Otis Redding. If you were into R and B and all that, then you know Otis Redding. But for whatever reason, um, he, you know, people have heard the name and they kind of know Doc of the Bay, but it never really went so far into the mainstream like it should have and yes yeah. it's, it's it's one of the shames of uh music in in general but uh hard to handle is a great song and then black crows came in and gave it exactly what it needed for the mtv generation to get into it yep um you know and uh, even though the black crows they the last they started off great and then kind of went got weird um, well, yeah, they they changed. Not so great. Yeah, um, they started playing to an audience that wasn't the audience that they started playing to. Uh, yeah, they well, uh, and that may even not be uh, well. They gave Chris Robinson too much control. Yeah, well, or he demanded I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> basically, the, the old maybe the best way and to say it is what they ended up doing toward the end of their run was not for me. Yeah, um, and that was for somebody. Probably it wasn't not, for me. Probably not fair for to. You know, lay it all on Chris Robinson, but yeah, uh, I did. So, because sure. um, we have the same memory of the yeah, show that turned us on them. Everything <laughs> that, uh, well, everything I've read too since is kind of pointing in that direction. Yeah, um, and they've, you know, it's been some okay stuff since then. It's fine. Uh, it's just that they did ten, kind of turn their back on their core audience. Yeah, 
um, in favor uh, the, of an it, audience that was on the fringe well, and, and, and kind of became their audience. And, and that's in our estimation, anybody out there who loves them, but... You know, that, that's an opinion, but... Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that opinion. <laughs> yeah, opinions. Well, this is everything we're doing is opinion. Well, that's true. <laughs> I don't think Good point. To, Sorry. Don't I don't think I, we need to I, qualify that. Yeah, I don't know why I felt the need to walk that back. I just did. Anyway, yeah, so... Uh, but, hard to handle, um, you know, the Black Crows version was the hit song. Uh, it's the one that you hear at weddings and you hear, you know, out at... You hear it at weddings? Oh, yeah, people... Well, maybe not anymore, but you used okay. to. You used to. Um, used to hear, you know, used I'll to be that. one that got people dancing at weddings. Yeah, all right. Um, the long times have been to a wedding with music at it, I guess. But yeah, um, that's anyway, that's the one know. that you hear on classic radio, or that the people are familiar with. Let's put mm. it that way. So um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fair. It's a great song and a great version of a song that um, from a band that it, from a band that at the time was uh, you know just on fire. Yeah. So there you go. Excellent choice, and I agree with the choice. It just didn't quite make my list. Sure. But what did make my list at number four is a song that, uh, I mean, Jesus, everybody knows this song. It's just one of those songs that's been covered and covered and covered and covered to the point where the original writer of it has said, maybe it's time for a moratorium on covers of this song, and then later turned it around and said, hey, I know I said that in the past, but it's really nice that people are still playing my song. A song written by Leonard Cohen, covered famously by Jeff Buckley and famously by Rufus Wainwright and famously by whoever you know that has covered it, Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, does that mean it's on your list? It is not, but I was... You son of a was, bitch. It was in consideration <laughs> for my list. Okay. And um, I thought it kind of did the opposite of my goal for this list. Okay. In that the cover songs called attention to the original and made the original more the version people think of now. Say more. Well, I think that when it came... um, Leonard Cohen's version, to my knowledge, wasn't a big hit right away. Correct. Okay, so you got Jeff Buckley, you got... um, Rufus Wainwright. Rufus Wainwright, everybody who did it, and it becomes this thing... And then the Leonard Cohen version slowly starts getting back into the public consciousness. Okay. Because people do know it as a Leonard Cohen song now. Okay. So to my, in my, and that's why I left it off the list, because in my view, it kind of did the opposite of what the rest of these songs have done. It brought, it called attention to okay. the original. Now, I am not pooping on this song at all. I think no. it's a mm, great sure. song, no matter who does it. I've never heard a bad version of it. Sure. Um, I but, have, but. Okay, I can say there's probably <laughs> one out there, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. But, uh, so I th- so that's why it didn't make the list, but I totally understand why it's on your list. It's a great song. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's one of those songs that I, uh, I, I, I just love. And it's almost cliche to love that song. Like, it's one of those songs mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of become a cliche. Uh, but, uh, I mean, there's a reason a cliche is a cliche, you know? Uh, I, I just, I, I have a love of that song that, I mean, look, I, I'll be honest with you. Probably the first version that I heard was the Jeff Buckley, Buckley version. Sure. Uh, I think you're right. That was probably the bigger hit or the one that got the more the most attention, like long before the Cohen ver- version did. But uh, I, I'm sure that... Because what, what would that have been? The 90s when Buckley did that, probably? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because he... I mean, he died in the, I think, first half of the 90s. But, I mean, that song... I for years and years later became the song that people you know played when they were trying to create a somber moment. 
Uh, I like. I remember. I remember seeing that song. Like, it's one of those songs that's incredibly misunderstood because they just people just hear the word hallelujah in it and think it means something that it doesn't. Uh, but I remember seeing that song played like during candlelight vigils for nine eleven. Right. Which is grossly inappropriate. <laughs> uh, but I, I like. It's just. It's one of those songs that people. Yeah, and like I heard the Jeff Buckley version played in those moments, and uh, you know that like that became the version that people knew for the longest time. Sure. Uh, and Rufus Wainwright did it for I think Shrek Two, uh, which is probably kind of a uh, <laughs> kind of adds a little Shrek bit two of uh, is related to that story I didn't tell earlier, but. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm fascinated to hear this after <laughs> after we stop rolling, uh, but yeah, the, that Rufus Wainwright did it for Shrek Two is kind of uh, that. That's an interesting level, or an interesting like kind of tick on the song. But uh, like of all things, you know, for a right. soundtrack, you know, and his version is one of my favorite versions of it. And I love the Jeff Buckley version, and I love the original Leonard Cohen version. Uh, my favorite version of it is Leonard Cohen's Live at London version, if anyone wants to track that down. Uh, it's just one of those songs that people know. They just know it. They mm-hmm. might not know who wrote it. They might not know whose version they like. They just know it. It's, you know, like it's just one of those songs that the, that, that chorus has become a touchstone of music history. Everybody right. knows that chorus. And I love that song, and I love Leonard Cohen's version, I love Jeff Buckley's version, I love Rufus Wainwright's version, I love so many versions of that song, to the point that I've done a cover version of that song. I've done my own version of that song that was born out of a parody version that a friend of the family wanted to do for their club's Christmas show. Uh, And, you know, I, I did the parody version, and then I was like, you know what? I like how this is going. I'm going to do the original version and I'm going to pay for the licensing fee and I'm going to pay to make sure that people can hear this if they want to. And it's still available at DerekBrink.BandCamp.com. I love my version of that song. My version of that song is some of the best work I've ever done and it was done because somebody asked me to do a parody. Sure. Yeah, like <laughs> that song just keeps speaking to me and keeps, 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 keeps speaking to me. I love that song in the supernatural way that I think you're supposed to love a song like that. It just belonged on my list. Sure. And it belonged in my top five, and it's at my number four. Uh, I, I, I can't say enough about my love for that song, but I feel like I've already said too much for the purpose <laughs> of this show. There you go. So uh, <laughs> that's right. my number four. Uh, I want to talk about it for another hour, but instead I will let you talk about your number three. Okay, so my number three, I probably should have changed with number two, but okay. anyway, um, we'll keep it as it is. So number three is, um, again, with the TV uh-huh. songs, you probably know what was going already, uh, Beatles cover by the excellent Joe Cocker, which is, you know, with a little help from my friends. One hey. of the few people that can take a Beatles song and make it better? 
Hey, Dave. Yeah? You want to hear something funny? What's that? <laughs> my number three? Yeah? Is a little help from my friends. No way! <laughs> is it the Joe Cocker version, though? Uh, well, I mean, either or both, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, boy, take it, you know, like, talk about doing a song different. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, it, turns in, it turns this little three-minute you know, song um, on Sgt. Pepper that, you know, everybody loves because it's a simple song. It's a fun song. Yeah. And uh, just turns it into like a nine minute or 12 minute, whatever it is, just Rant. marathon yeah. thing <laughs> with background vocalists and yeah. dramatic stops and starts. And, you know, Joe Cocker in his most... Uh, Joe cocker Joe Cocker-ish. I don't even know how to, <laughs> how to describe it, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that, was, just, that was Mad Dogs period. That, that was, Mad Dogs yeah, was, that was from yeah. Mad Dogs and Englishman, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then used as the theme song for the Wonder Years, which is like, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um, Leave on Helm on the on the organ. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're right. Yeah. 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 So you know, you can't really say enough about it. And a lot of times when you cover Beatles songs, it's always a question mark. It's never a guarantee of a good idea. But yeah. this one really is, and I don't necessarily think it's better but it really rivals it because it's so different it's kind of its own song uh, absolutely I, I mean it's uh, i i yeah i mean better is a hard word but i mean it's yeah i don't I, I, that's why i say better with a question mark it's yeah it's it's such a different take on it that i mean better is the wrong word but for the two different takes equal might be correct yeah mm -hmm. uh and i'm sorry i glossed over i almost glossed over you mentioning its use in the wonder years yeah uh, i mean that was in everybody's home for years every week oh sure because that's back when you didn't have streaming and you just watched yeah. what came on yeah <laughs> so yeah you know. that might have been one of the reasons it took the wonder years so long to hit dvd is i, I know the wonder years had a big problem with music licensing because they mm -hmm. used so much music of that period and uh, I mean, their, their, their theme song was music of that period. And uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, does it, I, it's hard to say, but it almost doesn't get more iconic than the Woodstock performance of that song. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just, if you talk about Woodstock, you're going to end up talking about that, that version of that song. Sure. And, and you know, Joe was just an amazing singer too. I mean, you know, I... Absolutely. It was a little bit later to that party. Um, well, I grew Same. up, I mean, you know, our father used to listen to Joe Cocker a lot. He was a big Joe Cocker fan. Yeah. And uh, Joe Cocker, Joe is Cocker, that yes. it. And I, uh, I always liked some of it, you know, but I was not that big a fan. But remember that I went with Dad to a Joe Cocker concert. I can't remember if I, I never saw if Joe. I bought him tickets for a birthday or I don't remember, I don't remember how it worked out. Mm. But it happened to be two days after a U2 show. Wow. So I and I was convinced I was the only person that was at both of those shows. I'm probably pretty not. sure. I was <laughs> probably um, not. At that point might have been. Um well, this hmm. is 80 something. Well, okay, or, 80 something. Yeah, early, early 90s, maybe okay, like 91, maybe. 92 somewhere. Here. Maybe. Um but yeah, so uh but yeah, he put on a great show and sure. uh we were on the floor at the Fox like 13th row something like that. Oh, that was, was at the Fox. Yeah, it was very oh, cool. That was probably great. It was very cool. Um, I never so got to see Joe. I man. came back, so I came to Joe Cocker a little later than I should have. Oh, I came way was, later than I should have. It was one of yeah. those things where you know I just grew up with it, and it didn't really because it was always around. I didn't really ever do a deep dive. I didn't even have that. I had the thing of like, oh, that's one of those things Dad likes. Yeah, like that. Like that. Unfortunately, that like I lived with that for too long, 
And then, like, you sort of, you reach an age where you realize, oh, Dad was right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, happens all the time. So, yeah, know, that came to me way too late. Yeah, so, uh, but that show did a lot for it. And, uh, you know, I really, and I liked the, uh, this, this uh, CD he had at the time. He had a minor hit with a, uh, with Love is Alive cover. Um, yeah, I, can, I think I can see yeah, the cover so in my I mind. That. Yeah, so, that, yeah. Um, so that was cool. And uh, this, anyway, just a great version of a already great song, just completely different. And, uh, you know, you just, you gotta love it. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, plus one to everything that you said. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, just one of those great songs. I mean, love the Beatles version, love mm-hmm. the Joe Cocker version. Mm hmm. Love them both. Love them equally. I I can't pick a favorite. Yeah, I mean it's 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 almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I don't have anything more to add. It sounds like you're also kind of wrapped up on that. So All I right. think we're ready for your number two. Okay, so number two, um, I only put it on because it's absolutely obvious, and I couldn't make the list without doing it, even though I disagree with it. I don't think it's better, but everybody and their brother knows it and their sister knows the song and most people didn't know it was a cover for years probably they all do now um obviously it's uh whitney houston's version of i will always love you by dolly parton hey dave yeah you want to hear something funny what's that <laughs> my number two yeah is i will always love you wow <laughs> by whitney See, and you houston were worried we wouldn't be matching up so, and the thing is i don't want to take anything away from whitney's performance you really can't agreed but at the same time that one really annoyed me at the time to feel the note was a dolly parton song because dolly sang it in best little whorehouse in texas the movie i'm not sure if it was in the original stage show or not but mm. she sang it in that movie and i knew it from that mm. um do you know the origin of that yeah it's a uh, it was a song she wrote for porter wagner yeah, well, to, I mean... To get out of his contra- out of contract. Well, yeah. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know that story, uh, Dolly Parton was in a situation where she was performing on the Porter Wagner show. And it was... Uh, what's the best word for it? I guess... Uh, uh, contemptuous? Is that a word? It might be, but I'm not sure it's the right one. Okay. What's anyway, the word? Con- anyway, Ad- continue on. Maybe the word is uh, adversarial. Uh, she was in a situation where Porter was holding her to a contract. She had outgrown that contract, and she was trying to break free of it. And he was saying, "No, no, no, I need you." Basically, yeah, he said, "I need and you in the he, show, and I'm not going to let you out of your contract." Yes. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had a stranglehold on her contract and on her career that was unfair, and she knew it, and he knew it, and he was trying to manipulate things to his benefit, basically. Uh, and Dolly went away. And was obviously upset about this, but she went away and she wrote a few songs, one of which in the same weekend was Jolene, incidentally. Mm -hmm. Uh, She wrote some incredible fucking songs. Uh, But she went away and she wrote a couple of songs and she went into Porter's office one day. She said, hey, Porter, I want to have a meeting with you. Hey, Porter. Hey, Porter. I want to have a meeting with you. Wow. Uh, Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash version, yeah, yeah. Uh, bringing that back. Yeah. Uh, But no, she, she went into Porter's office and said, hey, uh, I I, I want to play a song for you. I want to play a song that I wrote for you. This is a song that I wrote for you. And she sat down and she said, Hey, I want you to let me out of my contract and I want to be free to do whatever I want to do as an artist. 
but I wrote this song for you. And she sat down in the presence of Porter Wagner, and for the first time she played I Will Always Love You right to Porter Wagner's face. And Porter heard the song, and he said, let me release it as a single, and I will release you from your contract. Mm-hmm. In the face of somebody using his white male privilege to hold her down, Dolly Parton walked into the office of the guy who was holding her back, who was holding her down, who was absolutely in the wrong. And I like Porter Wagner a lot, but he was absolutely in the wrong. He, she walked into his office, and the song that she sang to him was, I Will Always Love You. Right. Followed by, Now Please Let Me Go. Mm-hmm. And he did. It worked. Yeah. Because she was a genius. Right. <laughs> and she was also absolutely right. Mm-hmm. She wrote one of the all-time great songs. Flash forward to the 1990s, and the Bodyguard soundtrack comes out. Sure. And that's on there from Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. And Whitney Houston did a great version of that song. For a lot of you, that's, that's the version that plays in your head. Sure. When you hear it. Uh, but that started with Queen Dolly, who, incidentally, the same day that we're recording this, Dolly Parton's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Queen Dolly. Absolutely. If you don't love Dolly Parton, you're a robot. Yeah, by absolutely. The way. No kidding. Even uh, if you're not a fan of country music or necessarily a fan of her music in general, you got to love Dolly Parton just in general. Yeah, she's, she's queen everything. Yeah, I, I was a, I, you know what? I was going to say queen everything. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah, queen Dolly. Uh yeah, uh yeah, she she just, you know, whatever, but uh, what <laughs> It's, it's getting late here. It really, I'm so studios. tired. I'm so tired and I'm drinking. Uh, but no, I mean, Dolly wrote this incredible song and Whitney Houston did a great version of that song. And, you know, I, I is it still the best-selling single of all time, Whitney's version? Um, it's probably, it's up, it's up there if it's not the best. I don't know. It might be. Yeah, I mean, she shattered records with sure. her version of that song. Yeah, and, um, and you know, and... The original version, Dolly's version, I don't think outside of that movie, um, and that had limited appeal um, because yeah. of the, the musical about a whorehouse. It's was that really? That's like eighty two or eighty three. Was that Reynolds? Oh yeah, yeah Burt Reynolds. Was, yeah, Burt yeah. Reynolds. Dom DeLuise is in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I like the movie. It's uh, but sure. anyway. Um, I don't think it was a hit outside of country music it didn't cross over to yeah the not a knowledge. lot i mean it got played a lot on like local access like it was on channel 11 here a lot <sighs> yeah but no i mean the song itself didn't i mean oh, the, the, song, the yeah. movie wasn't a success either but right. um you have to be kind of warped to like it which i am yeah so um same but uh the song i don't think outside of country music really got much airplay sure maybe a little bit but sure. it wasn't the hit that it became certainly Right. So, um, yeah, Whitney kind of, I mean, I'm partial to the Dolly version myself just because sure. it is the original. Um, but oftentimes when that song pops in my head, it's 50-50. Sometimes it's Whitney's voice and sometimes it's Dolly's. Yeah. I mean, you know, just because it was, you know, so overwhelming is a, is a good word for it. It was yeah. just, you know, it was everywhere Yeah. for so long. Um, you know, and like I say, I just prefer the Dolly version. I'm not... Saying anything bad about Whitney at all? Sure. Um, she did a great performance, but 
you know, I just kind of felt that I had to be on there. Yeah, um, it's I agree. so inescapable. I agree. Had to go. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah. So, you know, nothing but love for everybody on that one. Yeah, it's, I mean, same. I'm uh, a little bit younger than you are. The uh, I I'm sure I heard the Whitney version first. Oh yeah. Well, and most people there's probably still people that don't know it's a cover. Uh, absolutely. But I you mean, know, I that, think more that, people do now. But that's probably the version that I think of first. And and I will say that she just absolutely nails the key change into the chorus mm -hmm. uh, you know but uh, you know that's bone chilling you know <laughs> she does that so well uh you know i i'm i'm not a whitney houston guy but i love her version of that song uh but you know i mean obviously after being ex exposed to that eventually i found out that it was a dolly song and i went well that's interesting what did dolly parton have to do you know what'd she have to say at the right. time and i listened to it and went wow i <laughs> and this is such a weird uh, maybe it's not a weird reaction but it's it's the reaction that I had my reaction was wow I understand why the Whitney Houston version is so good because <laughs> I heard the Dolly version went wow that's such a good song and like of course that was a good cover sure you know with, with done by someone with such a great voice you know yeah uh and yeah I just I it's a great song. It hit my number yeah. two too. Yeah, I mean, and we I were... think the thing about that song too, about the way that Whitney does it versus the way that Dolly does it. Yeah, Dolly's was more contemplative and more. Um, I don't want to say heartfelt, but more. It was her experience. So yeah, she yeah, was it was more, a different. Yeah, um, it was a more. Um, even though she did, you know, sing it very well, Whitney uh, embodied the breaking free part of it. Yeah. Um, I think Dolly had the emotional yeah, part well of it said. and the, uh, you know, the whole, you know, I will always love you. Look, we, I've known you forever. You're being a jerk right now, but I, yeah. you know, but I've known you forever. This, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, be a jerk to you, but you have to do this for me because yeah. we've known since long. And she had the emotional part, yeah. but Whitney understood that it was about breaking free. Yeah. And she, um, took that part of it, uh, probably for her own experience and yeah. just nailed it. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Great, you know, great version, great song. Had to be on there. Yeah. So we were in absolute agreement on that one, which mm -hmm. brings us to, I'm fascinated to hear this. Uh, your number one. Well, number one we've already talked about is respect. Okay. Uh, is there any reason that it was your number one other than uh, just anywhere because else? Because it's, well, I guess that's one of the great songs of all time. I mean, you can't get away with it. Okay. Or get away from it, I should say. <laughs> you can't, can't get, get away, away with, with that song. <laughs> Don't Boy, you dare. You? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the uh, it's just like that's one of the great all-time songs. I mean, everything we've already said about it there yeah. you go, is why. So there you go. Okay. Uh, my number one, I am a little afraid, is cheating. Okay. Uh, I, I said early on that I think one of the songs on my list is cheating, and it's my number one. Okay. <laughs> my number one, originally written by Francis Scott Key, covered by Jimi Hendrix, The Star-Spangled Banner, at Woodstock. I'll allow it. You'll allow it. Okay. Yeah, I'll allow that. Uh, I mean... Look, we're both American. I look. We have some international listeners, and thank you very much for your time. The Star Spangled Banner, for those who might not know in other countries, is America's national anthem. Uh, there is a iconic performance at Woodstock of Jimi Hendrix playing the national anthem, just kind of almost out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, it just yeah, sort I'm of occurred sure to him to play was. it. Yeah, yeah, he just it just occurred to him to play it. That. 
is it's been sampled it's been used and reused when i was in high school there were a couple of us that were trying very hard to get that to be the version of the national anthem that was played over the pa system mm-hmm. uh on monday mornings at hazelwood west in uh, hazelwood missouri uh, partially because we knew that it would take like 19 minutes out of our first hour, uh, but or whatever it is, uh, 19 seems right, but it's probably a different number. But uh, it's it's, I mean, everybody in the U.S. knows the Star Spangled Banner, obviously, and Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock, the biggest concert of all time played the Star-Spangled Banner, and it's one of the iconic moments of that show, of that yeah. entire mm-hmm. show. And of well, Hendrix's... It out, didn't it? Huh? Didn't that close it out? And that, wasn't that the last song played? I can't remember, to be honest with you. I want to say that, that but I could be wrong. You know. might be right. I'm not going to Google it right now because I'm still talking. <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, it, it, it It's one of those moments that you you know as a classic moment of Woodstock... But you also know it as a classic moment of Hendrix's career. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, as everybody knows, died young. And he really only had a handful of moments. But they're all classic moments. Sure. He only had, like, so long to make his impression. And he made a huge impression. And one of the biggest impressions that he made was Woodstock. Like, that's... You, if you're a Hendrix fan, you have to talk about Woodstock, and you have to deal with the Woodstock performance, that Monterey Pop. You have to deal with those performances, and Woodstock is the go-to Hendrix moment for people who aren't Hendrix fans. Like, that's the iconic Jimi Hendrix performance, to the point that I've, I've heard people do the national anthem at different events, and and just slip in a little reference to Purple Haze here right. and there. Just a little Purple Haze riff and then back into the National Anthem. Because it's that synonymous. Jimi Hendrix made the, made the Star-Spangled Banner his own. And who the fuck could have done that? Only that guy. That's and look, true. And look, I'm not a big Hendrix guy. I've often referred to Hendrix as being more innovative than accurate. Like, he got sounds out of, a, out of a guitar that nobody else ever got before, and nobody really has gotten since, but that's because he was sloppy as hell and didn't know what he was doing, and he was high on LSD and had no idea what he was playing. He was sloppy, and he was arrogant, and he thought he could just pull it off because he had that bravado behind him, but it worked this time. And it worked a lot of the times that he yeah, played live. It worked most of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, to and... the point that there there's accounts out there of uh, Pete Townsend and Eric Clapton sitting together at the same performance and watching and watching uh, Jimi Hendrix play. And Townsend himself has said that he realized at one point he and Eric were holding hands because they were just so afraid that like, oh God, this is what's happening now, and we're not part of it. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Hendrix was one of those guys who completely redefined the instrument. He did, even though he didn't know really know what he was doing with it because he was so stoned and so just in the moment that he was just playing, which really is part of what music is. Sometimes you just get lost in the music and you just get lost in the moment, sure, and that's yeah, what I mean... makes it, that's what makes innovation. And Hendrix 
was foundational to that and rock and roll. And that all bled over into his version of the Star Spangled Banner at Woodstock. Everybody there knew that song. Everybody heard da 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 and went, hey, he's doing the song that we all know. He's doing the flag song that we should all stand up for. Uh, unless you have reason not to. And he made it his own, and it spiraled, and it got weird, and it occasionally returned to the melody if he remembered to. And it's just one of those iconic moments and one of those iconic performances. Right. And that's why it's my number one. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of pre-punk rock. Um, yeah. You know, not really have, you know, knowing, and there are people who are going to be very upset with you for saying you didn't know what he was doing. Well, um, yeah, sure. Hendrix guys who are, who study everything he did and was like, oh, you know, and think that he was. Oh, I'm going to get emails. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to um, get emails. But I'm not whatever. a Hendrix guy either. Um, partially because I thought it was a little, and I like sloppy, so I can't really, you know. Oh yeah, I don't quote, mean to I disrespect really, sloppy. I can't really fault him for that. Um, I do think he gets a little more credit than he deserves, but uh, I'm a song guy, and most of his songs just don't resonate with me. Honestly. Yeah, I get that. Um, however, we talk about the Star Spangled Banner. There's nothing saying any of these songs couldn't have been instrumentals, and had I thought of that, I probably would have thrown a few on there actually. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with what you said. Like I said, it's not a earth-shaking thing for me. Um, never has been, but it's always just... Like, it's just I think it's always just been there. Sure. And I just never really thought much about it. Um, like, oh, that's the weird guitar version of the Star Spangled Banner someone's playing there. Um, the weird fine. guitar but, you know, version. I will go, but, you know, I was... They used to show the Woodstock movie on Channel Eleven on some of the uh, sure the uh, you know the old UHF. Show it at midnight. Yeah. Or they'd show it like at night, and I would you know I used to go to sleep with the TV on because I could never sleep. So sure. I'd always well, I'd be watching television, and I got to know Woodstock through repeated versions or repeated viewings on late night TV because hmm. it was just on and to be on at different times, and I'd fall asleep and wake up and somebody else was playing. You know, <laughs> I knew the. Uh, I knew the fixing to die rag well before I should <laughs> know anything about that. So it's a lot um, like going to Woodstock. You just fall asleep and someone else is playing. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of it's the same thing. So um, yeah, no, but I get it. I get that being on your list. I, I understand that. That's good. Okay, that All was right. my number one. Okay, so uh, we have a few in common, but you know what? Before we get into the uh, com- like the combining of the lists, before we do all that. Uh, let's talk about some honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, is there stuff that you had that you wanted on the list that just didn't quite make it? Well, I have um, a few things here written down that um, I thought about putting on. Let me run through those real quick. Okay. Um, one of them that almost made it just because it was so uh, prevalent in the 80s and people didn't know it was a cover was I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany. Nice. Because uh, was, that was a Tommy James song. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't make the list because it's just not that good. Sure. Honestly, but um, it was... I mean, was, at the time, everybody knew it. Knew the song. Yeah. Yeah, they know it was a cover, but everybody knew that song. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. played... I'll just drop my pen. That's what that noise was. Well, Sorry, there you everyone. go. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so every time everybody heard that song all the time. It was in every mall in America. So it was Tiffany, actually. It was in every mall in America, too. <laughs> That's true. She did a tour of malls. She did. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one was just over. And people think of that when they think of that song. So that was on there. Um, another one that I listed was uh, the Club Nouveau version of Lean On Me. Wow. It what? Was a, okay, so... <laughs> Lean on me, the Bill Withers song, yeah. was redone by a one-hit wonder called Club Nouveau, and their hit was their cover of Lean on Me. Sure. And whatever year that was, 89, 90, 91, somewhere in there. It's high school, so 89 or 90 I was in. I'm dating myself here on this thing. Um, there was about a month, a couple of months, you could not escape that song. It was everywhere. And everyone was singing it. People would be at the piano in the choir room playing it and singing yeah. it. People singing it, walking down the hallway. I mean, I remember it that. Drove I don't me remember. insane. Um, was that in any way tied into the movie, which would have been like '89? Possibly. I don't okay. remember. I just remember hating it. All right. Um, and that's why I didn't <laughs> wow. put it on my list because I hated it. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I heard the original, and for a long time, because that was so. <coughs> sorry. Because that was so inescapable, I didn't like the original. Huh. For a long time. It made me hate the original song because wow. I hated it so much. Wow. So I almost put that on, but I've come around to the original again. I dropped that, you know, the original. Sure. It's a good song, but um used to drive me nuts, um, that version of the song. So I didn't put it on there for that. Sure. And the other two I wrote down was, um, and I did left this on because it really wasn't a hit. It's just some people know it. Was uh, the Lemonheads versions of Lemonheads version of Mrs. Robinson? Good version of that which, song, which uh, yeah. was kind of a minor hit in the '90s, but I didn't think it was big enough to really. Boy, I have real specific memories related to that song that uh, it would not benefit anyone to hear. I remember that whole album. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't think it was a big enough hit, but with yeah. the right age group, it is. But it's not. But shows up in Wayne's World too. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just just. I didn't think it was quite big enough of a hit. No, um, I get that. The other one I had was the uh, Guns N' Roses version of Live and Let Die. Oh, yeah. I forgot they did that. And I don't remember what they did it for, if it was a movie or what it was. But uh, if it was on, might have been on the Spaghetti Incident. Just I'm not one really of, sure. I don't remember yeah. why, why, but um, that got some traction in some airplane. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I remember that. Yeah, now that you say it. Uh, and it's just... And I think they're the... Uh, I think the... Ver- the uh, there's one part of it that I think they did the what does it matter to you when yeah, you yeah. got a job that part they totally nailed and yeah. it was actually I think what Paul McCartney was going for and didn't quite get it but the rest of the song Paul's version's better yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's kind of a mixed song but those that's the stuff that was on the top of my head that wasn't the stuff that you said that I should have thought of. Sure. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, you had several that I uh, would have been on my honorable mentions but we'll skip over those. Uh, look, I've got a lot in my honorable mentions that I want to talk about that don't really apply to the criteria of the list. Right. You know, I've got a bunch of like, oh, this person did a cover of this, this person did a cover of that, and you've Mm -hmm. never heard either that cover version or that song in general. So we'll skip over all that. Handful of honorable mentions from me. Uh, Elton John's version of Pinball Wizard which uh, oh, showed okay. up in the yeah. Tommy movie yeah. and elsewhere. He did it a couple mm-hmm. of times. Uh, that, yeah, I, I like that. I like Elton. I like that song. Uh, another one that uh, 
I mean, I limited myself on how many Dylan songs I could use, but Hendrix's All Along the Watchtower. Okay. Uh, yeah, like yeah. he, that's another example of taking a song and going, yeah, that's a really good song, but what if it rocked? And, right. you know, like every, you that every band I've ever been in that's covered that. I actually like that, that better than I like the Star Spangled Matter. Yeah, <laughs> every band I've ever been in that's ever done that song has done the Hendrix version, mm-hmm. you know, or similar. Uh, There's a good U2 version of that song, too. Yeah, there is, you're right, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, one that I am very surprised wasn't on your list, written by Chris Christopherson, me and my Bobby McGee, Janis Joplin. Yeah. Uh, surprised that didn't show up on your list. Really? Yeah, I thought you liked that a lot. It's a good song. Okay. It's not, it's not... You mean the Janis version? Yeah. I'm not a Joplin guy. I never have been. What am I misremembering? Uh, Mom loved Janis Joplin. That might be it. <laughs> she liked And Dad liked it, too. I mean, I like... I mean, I like Janis, okay. But sure. I'm not all that big a fan. Was I thinking of her mom? Okay, all right. But that's... Uh, uh, look, that's an honorable mention. Uh, and that's fair. I mean, it's a good version, but that's not what I think of when I think of Janice. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, a million versions of I Don't Want to Grow Up. Right. Uh, you know, Tom Waits wrote it. Uh, mm-hmm. Ramones also did it. Hayes, uh, Carl also did it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. We mentioned September Girls already. Uh, the other one that uh, didn't show up on either of our lists, and somebody is screaming at us right now, uh, Man Who Sold the World, David Bowie song covered by Nirvana. Yeah. Someone is furious that neither of us had that on our list. Yeah. Uh, I obviously prefer the Bowie version. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure you do as well. But that's one of those songs that the Nirvana Unplugged show is an iconic moment for anybody who came up with 90s rock. Sure. And they did that song. And mm-hmm. everybody... Like, to the point that U2 later covered it and said, uh, this is a song that Nirvana stole from uh, David Bowie and we're stealing it back. Uh, you know, like, it, it's... Bono used that line a lot. Cause that's well, what he said about the uh, All Along the Watchtower. Or, no, he had said that about something else, too. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Again, Regardless, he said that. <laughs> so am I. But, uh, I mean, it's, it is one of those performances that... People my age and a little bit younger think it's a Nirvana song, you know that just didn't yeah make I didn't it onto think of that album. one, but you you have a point. Yeah, somebody's furious that it wasn't on our list. Uh, so at least needs an honorable mention. But those sure. are those are the main ones for me. I mean, I could also dip into a wider shade of of pale. Uh, I could also dip into Do You Want to Dance? Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. there there are other songs out there. Sure, yeah. uh, I mean, even Pearl Jam's version of Love, Rain, or Me, or Amy Mann's Two of Us, which has been mentioned on previous episode, episodes of the show. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, those are the main ones that I thought needed to be mentioned as honorable mentions for me. Okay. Okay, so we are at a point where we have seven in agreement, and those seven... Are Twist and Shout, Mr. Tambourine Man, Last Kiss, Respect, Hurt, A Little Help from My Friends, and I Will Always Love You. Right. So we have a whopping eight spaces to fill. <laughs> uh, and we're not even talking about a number one yet, but we're, you know, we're, we gotta fill eight spaces. Well, that's four from your list and four from mine, so that's not terrible. Yeah, that's a good point. That's not too bad. We just have to agree on which ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, 
Are there any from your list that you feel should be on the list? Well, you know, most of them, but let me... Why don't I, <laughs> um, there was a few from your list that I really... That I think we should have gotten. I wanted to do some from yours. Okay. Um, I think you were correct. Like, I mean, that's not, there's no correct or incorrect, right? But Sure. Um, I think... Um, Where'd it go? Now I'm looking at my own notes and getting confused with what I what I jotted down here. Same. I can't read my own chicken scratch. How about that? Same. Um, I think that nothing compares to you should go on. Okay. I'm done with that. That's actually not one that I would have argued for, but... Okay. Well, what would you argue? If you have one you want to argue for, I think... I mean, I think my list is... Solid, so I'm okay with pretty much most of it. Going okay. On. Well, I, I mean, interestingly, if I've got four spaces to fill, I've got three that I would argue for. Okay. Uh, one that I mean, immediately we, like you said, I can't believe I didn't think of that was Hazy Shade of Winter. Yeah, I would do that one. Okay, so I'll put that on. I figured that'd be one you wouldn't argue for, so that's why I didn't say anything. <laughs> I said, well, he's not going to agree to that. But <laughs> no, I absolutely agree to that. Okay. Your, your reaction to that was very big, so yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Uh, another one that I would argue for from my list is Knocking on Heaven's Door. Okay. Okay, you're fine. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. One I just didn't think of for whatever reason. Okay, so that uh, leaves me with, what, one more space to fill, I guess? I guess, yeah. Uh, the other one I would argue for is Hallelujah. I just feel like everybody knows that. Yeah, I mean, it does. It's, I didn't put it on because I... Because of the criteria I set, but I guess if you're doing a covers list, I guess you should probably have it on there. Okay. Are you are, are you sure, or do you want to? Um. Uh, yes, with an asterisk, just in case. Okay, I don't know if I should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write it down, and we'll see what happens. Do you feel strongly about any other songs on my list? Uh, let's see your list. Uh, well, Woodstock kind of. Um... What's yeah. so funny about Peace and Understanding? That's a good one, too. Yeah. I... But Hallelujah is probably the bigger song out of all of that, so I guess keeping with the large, well-known songs, I guess we'll go with that. Okay, so you're out with Hallelujah. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so we're at a point now where I've got my four, and we need to work on the four from your list. Okay. Um, is there anything that you liked from my list that you... Uh, I had a very big reaction to I Love Rock and Roll. Yeah. Uh, so I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll just, I wrote that down immediately. I love rock and roll. Okay. Uh, another one that I thought was an excellent choice from yours was Proud Mary. Yeah, I was going to say that one. Okay, so I'll put that down. Uh, let me look at yours a little bit more here. Let's see. And I think American Woman probably would be a big one. Not yeah. Not that it's one of my favorites necessarily on the list, but I think it would be. But I'm trying to think of what would be. Um, I mean, it feels it feels weird that there's not an Elvis song on here. Hound Dog might be appropriate. Well, throw Hound Dog on. I'm fine with that. Okay. That's good. What do you got left? Uh, one. We've got one more from your list. Okay. Um, how about Hard to Handle? Maybe? I, I, I'm um, a little bit torn... Between that and honestly, I'm torn between that and killing me softly. 
Yeah, I could go either way. Because um, I, I still hear people playing, like, covering Killing Me Softly. Mm-hmm. I don't hear a lot of people covering Hard to Handle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's I'm good with that. Okay, so Killing yeah, Me Killing Softly? Killing Me Softly is good. Yeah, I'm good okay, with we'll that. Okay, we'll go with that. So the 15 that we have chosen are Twist and Shout. This is such a weird list. Uh, Twist and Shout, Mr. Tambourine Man, Last Kiss... Respect, hurt, a little help from my friends, I will always love you, nothing compares to you, hazy shade of winter, knocking on heaven's door, hallelujah, I love rock and roll, proud Mary, hound dog, and killing me softly. What the hell is number one? Well, you know, you could make that work as a playlist if you played with it a little bit. Yeah, probably. The, uh, <laughs> the uh, order. Yeah. Um, I will still stick up for Respect as number one. I think it's probably the best cover song ever, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's up there. I mean, it's one of the... You talk about great cover songs, it's got to be one of the top three that come to people's mind. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, I'm 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 a little bit thinking about the cr- criteria that we started with, and just the thing of like a, a cover song that people might not even know is a cover song, and like that jumps out. Respect jumps out. Mm-hmm. Twist and shout jumps out. Yeah. Um, to some degree, a little help from my friends jumps out. Uh, knocking on heaven's door jumps out. But knocking on heaven's door and help from my friends don't jump out as much as respect or uh, uh, twist and shout. Yeah, those are the two that jump out as like people might not even know those are covers. Right. Well, uh, with that criteria, I will always love you's got to be in that conversation too. Oh yeah. Sorry, I skipped right over that when yeah. I was reading. That's um, also got to be in that conversation. Yeah. Um. You know, I think, since you said that, uh, I think, it for me, it's down to respect and I will always love you. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's between those two. Um, I just, I think respect, to me, has the edge. Yeah. Just because um, it's been around, well, it's been around longer, but it's another one that's known by everybody. And um, I think now people are a little bit more aware of Dolly's version. Not a lot. Yeah. But um, I think that the respect, I mean, who's who's heard Otis's version other yeah. than people who dig Otis Redding? Yeah. But should be everyone. But, sure. Um, so, I mean, that's me. But, I mean, I can really see that either way because I Will Always Love You is probably a bigger selling hit. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. Um, it's respect. Yeah, I mean. It's respect. It's just because of its just classicness, and it's so, it's so iconic. God, God, I mean, I will always love you. Is iconic too. Yeah, they're both very iconic. I just think respect has been iconic longer. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a good way to decide, but well, to me, leaning. To me, it's just looking at the words on the page. Uh Like everybody who's been in any relationship ever has, has said, I will always love you. I'm going to love you forever. You know, that kind of, exp- mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You don't always inherently sing the song. If you say the word respect in any application to me, that song goes through my head. Whatever yeah. usage of the word respect comes up, uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, I spell mm-hmm. it. 
you know, <laughs> yeah. and I sing it. Yeah, like people... just just based on the word, like that is a single word yeah, that makes you sing a song. People gravitate towards that, um, you know, and I mean, the fact that it's a, you know, it's kind of a feminist anthem to a degree. Yeah. Um, whereas I will always love you. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Depending on how you look at it. But, sure. Um, I think that it's such an anthemic song. I think it's got it. I mean, that's why I put it at number one. I mean, I know I'm arguing for my own number one here. That's fine. And I get that, but... Um, my number one was cheating. <laughs> well, I guess I don't think it was cheating, but um, it might not be something that comes to everyone's head when they think of a cover song. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think... I'm, I'm good with it being respect. If that's I think it's respect. Okay. I think it's respect. All right. I just... I. I, I, I can't think of another song on the list that just people... I mean, you, again, you say that word and people sing that song. Yeah. Whatever context. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think that's number one. I think our number one is Respect. Okay. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, Otis Redding, Aretha Franklin, whichever you prefer. But let's be honest, you prefer Aretha. Aretha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's our number one is Respect. All right. Uh, the other songs on the list, we've got number one is Respect, and then in absolutely no order, whatever, <laughs> uh, Twist and Shout, Mr. Tambourine Man, Last Kiss, Hurt, A Little Help from My Friends, I Will Always Love You, Nothing Compares to You, which incidentally should be written the number two and the letter U, uh, Hazy Shade of Winter, <laughs> that seems like a weird outlier <laughs> in the list now that I'm saying it, uh, but I'm fine with it. Uh, Knockin' on Heaven's Door, Hallelujah, I Love Rock and Roll, Proud Mary, Hound Dog, and Killin' Me Softly. It is a weird list, but you it's know fascinating. what? It's fascinating. <laughs> uh, popular music is weird. You know, we tend to go down rabbit holes of individual artists a lot, but yeah. when you get into the broader spectrum of popular music, um, it's a weird, unwieldy beast. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that you said early on is worth sort of restating is that so much of what's happened post-2000, certainly post-2010, has been sampling yeah. of songs rather than covering them. Because, I mean, there's an argument for that Eminem song that has the Dido song in it. You right. Know? But, but that's not a cover. It's a sample. Exactly. You know? Or you know. it's a featured artist and, if know, she performs it with them. And, you know, but you know, Kid Rock's mashing up songs left and right. A lot of I, song mashups. Here. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you mention Kid Rock on this show? I'm just saying that he, that that's one of the things he's doing. That he's not covering anything. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and there's a lot, and it's, he's not just the only one, but that's the first one that came to my head because for whatever well, and it's, for whatever reason people dig that. I don't know. And it's fair, but I try so hard to keep his name out of my mouth. Uh, but yeah, I, I, so much Is someone of what's going to slap you if you. Just... <laughs> <laughs> It just doesn't taste right. Uh, I've no. heard that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, no. It's it, just getting late. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, just, I, I just, I, I thought that was a very good point, that so much of what's happened in the, the last one to two decades has been less covers than it has been samples. And that's, that's, that, I mean, that that was highlighted for me making this list because I started to kind of realize, wow, a lot of the ones on my list aren't very recent. Yeah. But then I started trying to think of, well, what is recent? Like, what can I think of that is a recent cover? And I didn't have a lot. 
You know, so that, that yeah. that's sort of worth drawing attention to. I don't know... And I'm sure there are more covers than we think there probably, are. Probably. But I don't think they get the attention that they used to. Used to be covers were... Um, you you would do... Sometimes it would be someone paying tribute to an artist they loved. Sure. Um, but uh, they were often given to uh, pop ingenues to do... Ingenues. You know, don't you like that word? It's a good it's word. It's a good word. Um, they were given to, you know... Somebody by the record label said, hey, we've, this has already been a hit. Do it again. Yeah. Well, we'll probably have another hit. Our chances are good we have another hit. They were done as album filler. I think I see covers now on TV, but not released. Yeah. Like, you see them in, like, the, all the uh, competition singing shows. Yeah, Figure sure. Your Voice or whatever. Well, um, I don't see them, but I'm sure people do. You know, but I'm do. telling you, yeah. yeah. And you'll, you'll see them, like, on the Grammys. Sure. Or award shows, or big events, but then you don't hear it on the radio it doesn't come out and yeah the thing the sampling thing i mean it's interesting it's a good i mean that's a good way to make music to stretch music right because there's only eight notes but yeah right <laughs> um so i get the sampling thing and you know i have mixed feelings about it but yeah it's just cover songs outside of probably country and you know rock people yeah i don't think it really exists yeah, Sugarland did I Want You to Want Me about 20 years ago, too. But I forgot about that <laughs> one. They got a country version of that. But oh, yeah. It was, um, which made a lot of sense at the time. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's just... Uh, it's just a weird... We're in a weird time for music just in general. Yeah. And I don't... I'm not saying good, bad, or otherwise. It's just weird and different that we can uh, sample songs and sometimes basically take melodies from other songs and put something to it and... If it's a sample, it's okay. Or sometimes people don't write, don't realize even that they're doing it at this point. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and what was that song? The Portugal, the man song a few years back was, uh, was, Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks now. Oh I've yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Now. I, I was thinking about so the, uh, bittersweet symphony. Yeah. At that. So that's, <laughs> so that's that song. Yeah. But that song is. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. It's yeah. the same tune. Um, and nobody caught it. And yeah. Like, How do you guys not hear this? Uh, but yeah, Bittersweet Symphony, right, has the, uh, the sample the on it. The stone oh, sample, the stone yeah. Thing. Yeah, they got... That's been a whole litigious nonsense. They got over that, too. Yeah. Not even by the Stones, by the same manager. Yeah, yeah, although I think the Stones were happy to take the money. They were happy to take the money. They always are. But, yeah. Um, Everybody is. I mean, that's not even a knock on well, the Stones. That's, well, that's the thing. Yeah, and this, it was the manager. The guy used to manage the Stones, manage them, manage the same... Manage Verb, was it Verve that did that? Uh, Verve Pipe? Pipe, yeah. Verve Pipe. Um, Verve Pipe. Same manager, managed both bands. Yeah. Sued the one... How do you do that to yourself? I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a whole other story for another time. Somebody did the math and found the money, basically. Yeah, but it's just insane. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean... Whatever else we can say, hey, somewhere in America tonight, there is somebody in one of your local bars who is a cover band playing some of your favorite songs. True. You know, uh, and it's weird if you have a favorite cover band, but uh, the odds are you can people walk do. into. Yeah, people do. But the odds are that, especially on a weekend, you can walk into almost any bar with a band in it in America and you're going to hear a, a couple of covers that you like that version quite a bit. Sure. So, you know, cover songs are always important. They're always fun on the, well, not always fun, but on the local level, they're always important because like for a local band playing a cover song in a bar, that's the way that you inform people that you actually know what you're doing. 
Right. You know, like that's uh, cover songs are very important to the, you know, fledgling starting out, you know, local band like that. You can play your own songs and do them great. And, you know, you're doing them great. But then you, you know, play a Stone song, you play a Beatles song and people go, oh, I know that one. And they're playing it right. Yay. You know, right. uh, so covers are always important and they're important to the local artist. They're important to the national artist because. I, you know, Jeff Buckley was a great musician. People wouldn't know who he was if he didn't do Hallelujah, you know? Sure. Or at least not as many people. People would, but not as many yeah. people. Like, well, he wouldn't you know, be... it gives hits to people, and it also, you know, helps a paycheck to the original artist or the original yeah. writer, anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, and if it gets people to, like with Hallelujah, for example, it gets people to dig out the original version. Yeah. Or I will always love you. I think people have been doing that a little bit here more recently, since Dolly's kind of have it had a comeback over the past several years. And so, God bless her. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if it gets people to dig out the old songs, then more people are more educated about music, yep. and you know, again, that's revenue for the original artist. So yep. You know, so uh, even though I have mixed feelings sometimes about cover songs, they're kind of a win-win. Yeah. 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 If it draws you to learning more, then it's it's done its job. Sure. Uh, and you're talking to a guy who's done a uh, Leonard Cohen cover and who has covered the entirety of the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack. True. So uh, I get the value of a cover, and there have been a couple times where I've gotten the value of a cover. <laughs> so uh, thanks to anybody who's downloaded things, I guess, from me uh, and paid for them. But most of the music is free over at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. Um this was fun. I, yeah. I enjoyed doing this. I, I walked into it when you initially suggested the subject going, I don't even know if I can do that. And then I had a lot of fun with it and had a lot more to say. Yeah, than and I ever here we are a few hours later. And we yeah. Kind of, yeah, I knew you'd get there. I just... We're only two and a half hours later. It's okay. And this will be edited down yeah, significantly. This isn't bad, because so, yeah. normally we're like four. Yeah, yeah. We're doing okay. All right. We'll make it home by bedtime, maybe. All right. Uh, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, but it, it'll be okay. Uh, no, this was a lot of fun, and I, I appreciate doing it. I appreciate the subject, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. Is uh, there anything that you want to add before we sign off here? Oh, Dwight Wilkins' version of Crazy Little Thing Called Love just popped into my head. No, it didn't. Okay, it didn't. No. No, I was, I was, I was mistaken. It must have been something else. No, that, 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 that wasn't on anybody's radar i don't think <laughs> it's uh no, no no that's fair there's a lot of dwight yokum fans out there i i shouldn't be little <laughs> yeah i just um, you know that just popped into my head i, don't I know love why. queen a lot and, i do too you know, just, we've been through that yeah yeah <laughs> that's true we did a whole episode about that a couple episodes back or a so, couple um, 15s back no i have nothing to add other than just you know thank everybody for listening yeah yeah thanks i already referenced uh the bad news version of bohemian rhapsody so i got yeah, so we're covered either. there yeah yeah <laughs> i've got nothing else either uh, thanks so much, Checkmates, for hanging in there with us for another Fab 15. Uh, these are always fun to do, and it seems like a lot of you out there have fun listening to them. Get good download numbers on these episodes, so I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks so much. Really, 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 really appreciate the Checkmates out there. You guys are great. Uh, those of you who comment are great, but those of you who don't comment are also great. Sometimes you're even greater. So yeah, I think I think we're good. I think we can call this an episode. Dave, thanks a lot for being here. Go check out Dave's blog at davidbrink.home.blog or words similar to that in an order that gets you to his blog. Go back and listen to the first part. Yeah, yeah. Go back to like the first couple of minutes and you'll find it. 
Uh, <laughs> and if you're listening to the show, then you're already listening to the show. Uh, I want to end the episode the way I always end it. Anytime I have a guest, I want to say that I'm speaking just for myself, but I think that Dave would countersign on a lot of this. Uh, folks, please remember that uh, even though we've not really talked about it a lot lately, please remember that COVID-19 is out there, and even if it weren't, there are other illnesses out there, and please be careful with each other and take precautions when you feel sick. Uh, please also remember that Black Lives Matter, that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and that I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me.